now recording. Hello and welcome to Film Days Excellent Adventure, where we talk all things rock and metal. I am not Phil. And I similarly am not Dave. Last two times you've you've done your bit, you fucked up similarly. Mm-hmm. Like on the on the last one, or it might have been the one before, it was similarly or something. No, similarly. Similarly, was it? And then just now you put a T in it. I did not. It sounded like there was a T in it, man. You fucked it up. I didn't. You heard it wrong. <laughs> it's either your fucked up mouth or my fucked up ears. I'm going to listen back to this immediately <laughs> afterwards, and then I'm going to text you and call you a cunt. <laughs> Even if I'm right. Even if you're right, especially if you're right. Especially if I'm right. You fucking prick. <laughs> So, my good man. Yes, mate. What has uh, this week held for you? How are you? How the devil it is, Phil? Uh, I'm all right, yeah. I've got, uh, I had three days, or I'm having three days off. I'm currently in the center of three days off. Yeah, man, bank holiday tomorrow. And then I've got three days off next weekend. That's pretty cool. Is then, it, because um, we've, we've got a bank holiday and if, yeah. I'm, if I have got this right, I know nothing about holidays in other countries, but I saw something on Facebook that made me think this weekend is Memorial Day in the States. Possibly. Like that would be today, I guess. So I that's the time that. of recording. By the time anyone hears this, that will have been last week. That is indeed if anyone across the pond is listening. There might be. This is a... I mean, if we get like... One listener in every country, that would be pretty sick. Monday, 25th of May, allegedly, is Memorial Day. So, yeah. Oh, so that's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, man. Which is a bank holiday for us also for reasons. Yeah. Fucked if I know what it is. I don't know what it any bank holiday is for. Started you at all. It did just then when you asked that question, but other than that, it hasn't. Maybe I'm a bit loud or something. Is it know. all right now? Is it... I've just cranked it back a bit. Yeah, man. It's cool. Cool. It's all it's good. Just, I don't want it to start like spazzing out. You uh, now and then you're not cutting out, but it sounds like digital interference on your voice, but not like in a way that I can't hear what you're saying. I see. I feel like it's it's just been clipping because I was hearing it in my headphones. So, oh, I think that'll probably just be at your end. Yeah, maybe. Um, and I'm using the safe cans today, so the problems we had for the last two weeks. Hopefully, will not be a problem anymore. You've jinxed us now, innit? Oh, fuck. Yeah, but I have. So, um... Yeah, what are you doing with your Memorial Day weekend? Is that a day weekend? What? I think we're going to go to the beach tomorrow morning, like, ridiculously early to avoid all the tosses and the fucking... Yeah, man. Kung flu. Yeah, man. It's, um... What did what did you refer to the virus as at some point? You put like a comedy. You used a pun and put some kind of comedy term in it. Fundemic. That's it. You called uh, it fundemic. Fundemic. Yeah. Yeah. With the kung flu fundemic that's currently going on. Kung flu. I don't know how that name hasn't taken off. Me either. Does anyone even remember that it started in China now? Does anyone? Well, do you know what? Talk I've about that. I've gone record to say that I don't believe that it came from people eating bats. I don't believe it. Oh, fuck me. You're going to say it's 
Is was it man-made or some bullshit 5G tower? I, I know it's not a fucking 5G because 5G is the same as 4G is the same as 3G. It's all the same shit. Did you, did you know I read that the frequencies that your microwave puts out are higher frequency and therefore, in in the way people think 5G is dangerous, it's been due to the high frequency. The the frequencies that your microwave puts out are higher, and that by that logic, more dangerous than five G. Fucking ridiculous! The, the yeah, shit man. people worry about, man. And you know, bollocks. I'm I'm just saying I don't because so, I heard it a while bollocks. ago that like when this first shit started kicking off that yeah, man. it was from people eating bats at a wet festival in fucking China. And I'm like, I, I listened to it to begin with. I was like, all right, if that's what they say. And then I started thinking about it. It was like, when was the last time you got a respiratory disease by eating something? Yeah, but so the, it's not, not... smoking it. No, no, but it's... It, so it's not the direct influence on your body that, that is the reason it's a respiratory di- disease. It's the way it attacks the nervous system. Once it's inside you whether you ingest it by eating it, snorting it, injecting it into your fucking eyeball or whatever, it's the way that then attacks your nervous system um, and the part of the brain it attacks, or in this case, how it travels to the lungs. It's the lungs that are susceptible. And because it's in your bloodstream, once you ingest it, it eventually travels to your lungs. Still don't believe it. I perfectly well believe it's not unheard of at all for us as humans to catch a virus or a disease or you know whatever the the correct term may be for it that has uh existed in animals for a very long time and even to animals might not be dangerous like it's it's just a mild virus to them or whatever you know they're basically just carriers but because of how viruses mutate once it's introduced to a human it mutates in such a way very quickly that it attacks whatever part of the human body and it just so happens that this one is very dangerous because not only did that happen but once it it had mutated it was very very easily transferred so it spread like a cunt i think it's harsh shit i don't think it has fuck all to do with eating bats man where did it come from let's run down the top five theories for where the kung flu pandemic began well, um and you can mix your own ideas in with whatever bullshit conspiracy you may have heard. Let's see, see if we can crack the case. Real I, talk on film. I don't, I don't have any hard or fast theories. I I would say, like, my general theory about everything is it's just a strain of something that hasn't been... Seen had before. an immunity built up to in, in, in a previous instance. You know, like, sometimes... Like, for instance people take antibiotics for fucking everything and it stops people stops anybody being um cured by antibiotics for certain things now because those diseases have built up an immunity themselves to antibiotics yeah man. and it's you know this could be a, i'm not saying one of those things specifically but it could be a similar case that there's a strain of whatever uh, um of, of SARS that's ended up being like untreatable because there's yeah. too many people with 
whatever. Yeah, because because on. they because they adapt to the antibiotics. So yeah. if they've adapted technically, I mean that's a mutation in the virus, and therefore if it's not treatable, um, it could have mutated in other ways as well that have made it more deadly. Or I see what you're getting at. Yeah. You see, I I think my theory number five, it was the Muslims, the Muslimics did it. Because that's the kind of shit that you yeah. hear that these fucking idiots with like a St. George tattoo on their beer gut. You guarantee that while they've been on lockdown, neck in Stella, that's what they've been saying. Fucking Muslims did it. Oh, good God. <laughs> Those people, the pond scum of humanity, fucking yeah, mouth breathers. That's my theory number five. I'm um, gonna come up. I'm gonna come up with four more throughout this show. I, c- I can't really think of another like viable option for me personally. I just don't think. I, I like I say I don't think it came from Chinese people doing what Chinese people have done for fucking decades, centuries. True. True. Again, I see your point. Like, why did nobody get it last year or the year before? Because, because year an before in, because an infected bat hadn't. Uh, or the virus hadn't mutated in that bat that meant... Cause yeah, but that, they eat fucking everything all the fucking time. Why would this... I be- see your point. I you think see, it's horse shit. I like the, uh, the idea... Far smarter people than me have put the idea out that it came from bats. So who am I to dispute it is my, is my uh, stance, you know. But the way I understand their presentation of that... Uh, theory is that they've said that yes it's existed in bats for for a long time and people may have well have have had it before but it was harmless to us until it mutated under just the right conditions and it's just by chance that that happened like they say a major pandemic wrong though aren't they because they were like oh yeah um so china has got this um massive outbreak and that started the beginning of the year but the the actual outbreak started like the end of last year, like a couple of months before they actually said anything about it on the news. Yeah, I, d- I saw something that said uh, it's confirmed that coronavirus was in the UK as early as December last year, and I'm like, hold yeah. on a minute. So it was How in the fuck China. Are you confirming when? that? How the fuck is anyone confirming that though? Like six months after the fact? How are you confirming that? Because what are you where are your tests coming from six months back like if you tested someone who has now had the virus and is cute uh recovered is there a test that could tell you whether they've had it already see i don't know how this there's shit a, works a, there's a test that says like that shows whether your antibodies are equipped oh so they could, they yeah, so they could te- test you now and say you're fine, and it's more than likely you've already had it, like because yeah. you're you're kind of already immune. I don't know how immune. they'd like be able to decide then when you when it happened. Have got yeah, it, exactly. Like, oh, to find out. I bet there is a way though. Like I say, smarter people than me, man. Yeah, I don't know. I think sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of these people who'll be like, "No, fuck all these scientists. I, I don't need people telling me this shit. I need um, to go and." look at YouTube videos and decide for myself. Oh, God, yeah. I'm, the world's greatest source of information. I, if a doctor tells me some shit, I will generally believe them, unless, I, yeah. no, unless I'm really strongly adamant that what they're telling me isn't going to sort Well, me. it's it's that attitude in it where, like, question everything. That is a sensible outlook. Yeah. But there is a line to be crossed, and it's what you do with, with that 
attitude of question yeah, everything. Like, sure. yeah, question everything. And criti- think critically about everything. But when you arrive at a conclusion, don't assume you are correct unless that can be backed up by evidence. Like, yeah. don't question everything. Question the moon landing. Question it by all... Uh, by all means, feel free, think critically about it, look at the evidence and decide for yourself. But if you are that fucking thick that the evidence in some way presents the image that you're right and it's fake, then, I mean, oh, I don't even know how to deal with certain conspiracy theories. Like, I, I, you know me, man, and you're the same. You, you love this conspiracy theory shit. You look into it and it fascinates you, but it's not the conspiracy yeah, theory that fascinates you. It's how people fucking live yeah, their it's, life it's by it that fascinates People processing the information in a completely different way to how I do. Not just how you do, how, how and the majority I, does. Yeah, and I'm not saying that the majority thought is correct. I'm saying that if the majority thought is brought around by um, irrefutable evidence and testing that can be repli- with results that can be replicated and proof like the, the, i mean i don't want to go on about the flat earth bullshit but there is irrefutable proof that the earth is round it cannot be argued yet and they yet find they a way to argue it you know what i mean that's <laughs> yeah. going too far man that's that's not thinking critically that's getting an idea in your head and doing all you can to find evidence to support your idea rather than looking at all the evidence and then thinking critically it's yeah. getting an idea in your head and only looking at evidence that supports it exactly which and then in most in your cases, little echo chamber with all your little mates who agree with what you say a hundred percent and the, the biggest problem is that half the time the evidence that they find that they believe supports them actually doesn't in any way it's no, just their own misinterpretation yeah. of it yeah it's like using science to debunk a globe earth uh, it can only be done if you don't understand the science that you're using. Yeah, plus, if you're then going on to say, I don't believe science because this, and then you use the methods that a scientist uses... Exactly. It's the argument. You, you're basically contradicting yourself anyway. It's it's such a vicious cycle. It use Say you don't believe science, you don't trust mainstream science... You give the impression, therefore, what you are saying really is that you understand science better than mainstream scientists do. Yeah. You are smarter than them. You will then use their methods to prove them wrong, which doesn't make sense if you don't believe in their methods in the first place. And what it comes down to is that the way you've proved them wrong actually comes from your full and complete misunderstanding and misinterpretation of how science works. So it's just this horrible circle, and that's why they end up in these echo chambers because they 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 can't look outside of this circle that they've been drawn into. It's like a whirlpool; they just get deeper and deeper. Yeah, and I think They're, a lot of the time they are actually legitimately a bit crazy in not in just the fact that they believe this stuff because that can be you know due to being told something and not kind of thinking it through enough or maybe you're thinking it through and coming to the wrong conclusions some of them you know when when somebody asks you a question and then speaks yeah. over the top of you while you're trying to answer it yeah they don't care about your answer they don't care no, they what just you've keep got to repeat, say. exactly they just keep repeating their point of view their standpoint and they'll keep going and they'll keep going like that's going to change people's minds exactly like it, the exactly. way to when the argument is to be the person who speaks the loudest and longest. 
I I watch flat earth videos a lot because the whole thing fascinates me. And it used to like genuinely fucking, I would, it was a trigger, you know, it, I would yeah. really get mad about it. These days, it doesn't make me mad at all. I laugh at it more, if anything, but there are one or two, and I'm not going to get really boring and start naming people. There are one or two kind of flat earth people in that world who are genuinely, some of them, are so argumentative and claim to understand things so much better than everyone else. They're clearly just not very bright. And then there are others. Their name is Nathan. They're generally that that person. Yeah, man. Well, the two Nathans, Nathan Oakley and Nathan Roberts, I think, the American one. That guy, I think that... Thompson is... Thompson, that's it, Thompson. Yeah, well, Nathan Oakley is the Brit who is just a disgusting human being. Like he mutes everyone on his flat earth debate so he can shout insults at them. He's just a nasty piece of work. He's clearly not very bright and he doesn't understand any argument put to him. So he just shouts over the top of it. Exactly like you were just saying. Nathan Thompson is genuinely crazy. Like there's, there's something not wired straight in his head. And I mean, this whole, it's weird how one conspiracy leads to another. Cause like, if you're into the flat earth, you likely are a, a like, not just a moon landing denier. You deny the existence of space itself. Like n- it's not real. Nothing. There's a kind of a large number of them that are hard lying Christians. Well, Nathan Thompson's like that, isn't it? It's the biblical yeah. understanding of the firmament and the flat earth as referred to in Genesis. And uh, I mean, it, the, the whole COVID thing, the 5G thing, it's it, that's what I mean about the whirlpool. If you if you now don't believe that if oh, COVID, but what you were saying earlier about you don't believe it's from bats, right? You're a sensible dude. So to you, that's the end of it. It's like, I'm yeah, not sure not where like it came from. Yeah, I'm not looking for a, a... I mean, I don't really... That's it. I don't really care where it came from. I just exactly. don't believe it came from where they said it does. But it's not... Fair like, enough. It, that's it. It's not like that's leading me to think, well, where does it come from? Then? Exactly, because care. that's when you're in the rabbit hole. <laughs> and as soon as you start looking at that, it's like eventually, eventually you're going to get to this, like it came from 5G. Yeah, or, or, or you're going to get to something exactly. that, isn't, that isn't correct either. That's <laughs> going to lead you on to fucking chemtrails. And well, no, first the COVID thing will lead you to anti-vax. Then anti-vax will lead you to chemtrails. Then chemtrails will lead you to mind control and NASA, which will lead you to denying the moon landing. And before you know it, you're at the fucking big fat, sweaty mother of all conspiracy theories. The earth's flat. And how you can go through, it's like the seven circles of hell, how you can drop down all them various circles and buy into, you've got to, to buy into that bottom one, you've got to buy into all the others a hundred percent first. You can't go to the to the to the top of the mountain without one hundred percent believing every step on the way up it. And how they cannot question anything on the way. By the time they've got to the flat earth, it's like you are a lost fucking cause now. Yeah, There's man. nothing that can be done for you. But you do get some, don't you? Like that the release videos of I was in flat earth and then I've got out. Um, there's, it, it seems yeah. like, and it seems yeah. like they're genuinely upset with themselves 
And yeah, and so they lovely. fucking should be, you know, yeah. honestly. So they fucking should be. There was one I watched a few weeks. It was Conspiracy Cats. And I can't remember. This was an older video, so I don't remember exactly where it was from. But he was interviewing a dude who, at one point, he had, you know how he shows other people's videos and picks them apart and debunks them mm. and calls them idiots. He'd done it to this dude. And then later he interviewed him because that dude had, had moved away from Flat Earth. And he was talking about how he got into it. All the time I'm watching it, I'm thinking... This dude, Conspiracy Cats, is fighting, laughing all the way through. He's trying to be as respectful as possible because it supports the the whole how Flat Earth's ridiculous thing that he now makes money out of. So he's got to take it seriously. But you could see he's he's trying not to laugh because even the reasons this guy's giving, it's it's like watching fucking Jerry Springer. It's it's like watching someone on a show that you know they think it's serious. It's but to everyone watching, it's a bit of a joke because yeah. he's he's going on about, well, you know, I mean, it started by watching YouTube videos, but then before I knew it, um, I was locked in my basement for four days straight watching them. And, and all I can think is that's because you're a fucking idiot. Don't expect any credit now that you have become slightly less of a fucking idiot. I just, I can't offer them any fucking sympathy whatsoever. If you were... If you were brain dead enough to buy into that shit, I think it is. I think it's like a predisposition to. I guess they call it being woke, don't they, or being open-minded. Yeah, but, but you're it, so open-minded that you can be indoctrinated into a cult. Yeah, it's 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 um kind of a line past being open-minded straight into gullibility. Like yeah, it's like what's what's and then and it's like well that makes sense because exactly you don't, you don't question it the right way you're questioning everything but you're questioning it the wrong way you're not thinking like 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 we always say why why the fuck would NASA lie about the shape of the Earth exactly who's got anything to gain from that exactly no one. like if if they wanted to they could say it was a donut they could say it was a frisbee it doesn't matter what shape it is why say it's a fucking sphere exactly exactly and it's this idea like the open minded thing <clears throat> what's the difference between being open minded and questioning things and just having no firewall at all and it's the opposite of being open minded you're not questioning anything you question nothing everything gets in yeah. And and gets a hold and just becomes your version of knowledge at that point. It's just fucking depressing to watch people come out of it and talk about it like it was a real psychological, like, I mean, I really thought about it and it did make sense. No, it fucking didn't. And no, you fucking didn't. Yeah, man. You, you, oh, man. I think that's... So, should we draw a line under that? Yeah. I think my final comment on it would be the people that kind of realize and come out of it you know more power to them for finally actually waking up but i think half of the thing is they just they're trying too hard to find like holes in the narrative that they're creating the holes themselves oh 100 percent. they're looking for things that aren't there so they create them and it's it's like you know, if you if you went into like if you slipped down a spiral of depression, like a genuine mental illness, and you ended up like a heroin addict, and then you came through the other side of that, and someone interviewed you about your recovery, that's a yeah. serious issue, and you're talking about a genuine um, mental illness. 
uh, and then an addiction, which in many ways is a disease and it's a very serious issue and it could have killed you. That cannot in any way be compared to believing YouTube videos about how the earth is flat and then coming out the other side and being interviewed and trying to take that as seriously as, as you know, the heroin thing and the depression thing. But that's how they treat it. Every interview I've seen of someone who's been in that world and has come out the other side, they're talking about it as though it was this great life-affirming thing or they slipped into it because of depression or that I don't care how fucking depressed I get. It won't make me more fucking stupid. No. It won't make my IQ sink. I've had depression. You know, I've suffered with it. I've, I've seen counsellors and, and bullshit. It didn't for a second make me question reality. That's just fucking... It's a, it's a retarded thing to say about a retarded situation that your own fucking retarded mind got you into. It's not the same as a disease or a genuine illness, but they treat it that seriously when they come through the other side. And I can't offer them sympathy or any credit for coming out of it because they bought into it through their own fucking volition. Well, that's taken up half an hour. Let's do something else. And it just, so I've been looking at the news. Um, I'm going to run over this really briefly because we spent half an hour talking about flat earth. Uh, photos inside America's first, I'll tell you what, I'll do this one first. Study claims marijuana could help fight off COVID-19. Why that is a headline on Loudwire, I don't know. I'm assuming It should be, that... a, if, if it's legitimate, then it should be a fucking headline on everything, mate. Exactly, exactly. But instead it's on Loudwire, which I assume, it... let's have a look. Canadian study has been published on cannabis and the coronavirus suggesting that certain strains of uh, high in CBD could aid the body in fighting COVID-19. The study uh, has not yet been peer-reviewed, so it's just someone saying, yeah, it might. Yeah. That's, that's all like we need that to say about that. Piss wig mung bean saying, Oh, yeah, I'm on malaria pills. It hasn't killed me. So yeah. it must be fucking fixing me, you fucking dickhead. Hit it. It hasn't killed me yet. So it's probably all right. Yeah. That's, like... that's it. I've been taking it for a while now. And well, I'm still here. Yeah, you're still like... fucking here. That's fucking logic. That's fucking logic, man. Can you imagine drinking bleach? Like necking a bottle of bleach, and for the first like three seconds before you violently vomit blood, thinking that's sweet. I'm prob probably helped. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean, what the fuck? Although that yeah, said, yeah, uh, yeah, it <laughs> no, that 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 probably helped. Oh no, now I'm violently being sick, and it's totally unrelated issue. Like, let's drink some more bleach. Yeah, I'm sh I'm shitting blood, but for three <laughs> seconds I wasn't, so I should probably drink more. <laughs> It's, although that said, I did see a headline the other day saying that the government are now trialing the use of those same malaria pills. Um, and everyone was suddenly backtracking and saying, I oh, see Trump, he's not as stupid as he looks. And all this. Well, still think it's pretty fucking stupid, isn't it? It is, because essentially he was just trying a tablet that nobody had told anybody was going to do any fucking good. It's Again, not like bleach. No one told me that bleach yeah. would kill coronavirus, but if I drink it, assuming it will, and for three seconds I'm not shit in blood, then, you know, when I do eventually shit blood, am I going to look at the three seconds before and think, well, I wasn't shit in blood then, but it was after I'd drunk the bleach, so I better drink more. 
Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? <laughs> is it no, is but it it's necessary? I like the taste. <laughs> I love how he walks, how he introduces that line. Necessary? How he walks. That's cold blooded. Man's in a cold wheelchair. Bloody. <laughs> No, it's how uh, when he asks him, "Is this necessary?" and he's <laughs> with it ripped on. Necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink? Necessary? It's just pronunciation, and I love it. Yeah. Um, photos inside America's first socially distanced concert. I'm not going to read the story. I'm just going to describe this photo to you. So it's okay. an auditorium with a stage at the front. Uh, in the background and chairs in the foreground, and it looks like a fucking crime scene. There is just caution tape fucking everywhere. <laughs> I thought you were going to say there's just fucking corpses everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the problem was they let in people with coronavirus and they all died. Just coughing in each other. <laughs> no, there's just caution tape fucking all over this this auditorium. Like, it, honestly, it's lit up. It's not in the dark, this particular theatre. This will be the one we were talking about last time, you know, oh, yeah, it yeah. had a floor plan. I can't remember where it said it was. And I, like I say, I'm not reading the story. Fuck it. But Wasn't it just it looked like, like a dude doing a solo gig. As I remember, it was, uh, it wasn't like a big a band, rock show. He was doing, I think the guy is from a band, but he was just doing yeah. a solo performance. Yeah, but it like it wasn't like a big rock show or anything like no. that. It was, it was on Loudwire just because it's about gigs, but it was like some folk guy or something like that as i remember i can't remember exactly but honestly it's photos inside uh and i'm just looking at one big one and it's just fucking covered in in caution tape and it looks like a crime scene <laughs> which is i guess kind of original um yeah, it's certain so there's only one other story i saw in there that might be worth some discussion sammy hagar on van halen reunion i foresee it happening what are your thoughts on that They've re- they've done the the Uncle Dave reunion a few you years don't back. Don't play in Britain, so it doesn't really ups- uh, you know. Concern yeah, what's anything. that about? Why? Why? What's the thing there? I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe we're just too small to concern ourselves about. Maybe that never- seems. The thing is, I don't know how largely. I mean, I question things like this sometimes without really analysing it. But like, for instance, Def Leppard now. Are more successful than Def Leppard were in this country when they were successful around the rest of the world for for a large part because they struggled uh, struggled for a long time in Britain. They took off in America before they took off over here, and I wonder whether, in on a similar kind of vein, whether Van Halen were more successful in America, so they do a lot in America, more successful in Europe, so maybe they tell Europe, but they aren't so. They didn't take off quite so well in Britain. Like when I was younger in the 80s and stuff, I don't remember seeing a lot of Van Halen on the TV. I remember seeing more Def Leppard on the TV when I was like early 90s than I saw Van Halen or anything like that. So maybe that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't really get it. Why? For, For a band that are still reasonably active... Like it's not like they are fully finished. No. In fact, that's a lot of what a lot of this uh, article is speculation. It's not like it's actually happening. But mm. for even Sammy Hagar talks about well, what he actually says is um, he remains hopeful that past barriers will eventually be broken down See, and I, that one day Van Halen will return to the concert stage, hopefully with him. I was, I mean, I was 
crossing my fingers pretty much every download that Van Halen would get announced. Never happened. But I was always like, you know, come on, just if you were going to do one gig in Britain, it'd be download, right? You'd think so. Or Glastow, maybe. No, download would be the one. Download would be the one. Well, I mean, this is all speculation. It says here. Until Ed or Alex Van Halen die, they're not finished, he explained. Yeah. Those those are two great musicians that can friggin' do as good as most people at half mast. As but a drummer cancer in the face. Literally. Um as a drummer and as a guitarist and a creative person in Eddie, uh, I can see, I can't see them ever being finished. I wish they were more active, but I think that Van Halen will never be finished. He continued, if they want to get it together, they just have to call Dave or they have to call Sammy. They can mm. go on they can go out with Wolfie as a trio, but that's not the legacy of Van Halen. I think they know that. I'm not predicting what's going to happen, but I would tell you if there are concerts next year, Van Halen will probably be on tour next year. Hagar reveals that there had been some discussion of Michael Anthony returning. I never thought that had happened. Mm. Uh, apparently, there had been some discussion in 2019, but it never came to fruition as rumours circulated about Eddie Van Halen's health. Yeah. So... I mean, it's all speculation. This would, isn't. This is a bullshit headline because it makes it sound like they've been talking about it, but it's yeah. not. It's just he was interviewed and he said he hopes it happens one day. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope it happens. And I'd on love top to of see that. I hope it, if they do keep touring um, with Sammy Hagar or with Dave Lee Roth. I mean, my favorite songs are um, Sammy Hagar songs. However. The, the definitive is, lineup is yeah, Uncle Dave. There's there is more substantial and decent material with uh Dave Lee Roth on it. Like there's a gig there's gigs worth, there's tours worth of material exactly. with Dave Lee Roth. Whereas Sammy Hagar just happens to sing like my three favourite Van Halen songs. Yeah. But I will say this the others aren't aren't decent. Obviously. Controversial opinion. Well, actually, I don't think it's particularly controversial at all. Dave Lee Roth more flamboyant, but Sammy Hagar, by far the superior vocalist. Technically more superior. I think he's just such a better singer. And I would argue that because of that, it would probably be a better show with him. But if I'm honest, here's the controversial part. I wouldn't really be too bothered who's up front if Michael Anthony was back. It'd be pretty. Well, the, the, I mean, I like both of their vocal styles. I think very different though. Yeah, and I think Dave Lee Roth brings more to the table vocally. He's you know, technically his 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 actual vocal range, the parts where his voice is strong and has a proper tone to it, is yeah. is a bit stunted compared to um Sammy Hagar's. But then he has like those crazy squeals and shit that he does that come out of nowhere. You know, the things that add the the little like Fucking Michael Jackson and his hee hees and yeah, man, yeah, yeah, he's he's got these characteristic kind of ticks, yeah. Um, and plus, it it makes it a a completely different thing. Whereas, you know, Sammy Hagar could just be another good rock singer, yeah, very true. He's less uh individual, yeah, but he's a better singer, yeah, for sure. Like, he's He's like say general rock singer. He could have been in any band, whereas Dave Lee Roth was part of Van Halen, and he made yeah. Van Halen like stand out. Um, like I like Wolfgang as a bassist; he's a good player. Mm-hmm. But to to me, 
it would be something special seeing uh, Alex Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, and Michael Anthony play. And you know yeah. what? I, I'd go and see if the three of them were doing it together. I'd go and see him with Gary Sharon. Yeah, man. I mean, Gary Gary Sharon can fucking wail, but um, those extreme shows that they did a couple of years back. You know, that was it twentieth or thirtieth anniversary of uh, pornography. Yeah. Um, those were outstanding, but I won't lie, man. Gary Sharon has lost it a bit. Really? Like, yeah, I don't, I don't want to sound like I'm dogging on the dude because he's cool as fuck. And to be honest, on a bad day, even if he has gone down a touch with age, he's still got range that outdoes most people, you know. But I noticed on them extreme shows, it sounded to me like they were tuned down and he was still having trouble in some of the really high sustained parts. Right. But that's that's not comparing him. It's not like he's bad and you're comparing him against other singers and saying, well, they're all better than him. No, you're just comparing him to himself. I'm comparing him to himself 20 years ago and saying he can't quite manage that. So it's just a shame that when these extreme shows were going on, that was the anniversary shows of him at his peak. So it was always going to be tough to to manage that, you know? But... I I think he gets a bad rep. Like even he only did one record, I think, with Van Halen, didn't he? Yeah. And I don't think. Oh man, I'm full of controversial opinions today. I don't think I'm going to say it, man. That wasn't a bad record. Um, I, it's not memorable enough for me. It doesn't have any of the. I think that was the writing. I think his performance was great. Yeah. He had a great voice for that band, following Dave Lee Roth what, and Sammy what? Hagar. He was the natural choice. I can't imagine why people would have had a problem with him singing Van Halen songs on the tours, but they did. They, people had yeah, man. He was hated. He was, I think it's because he's come from Extreme, and Extreme are, I guess, seen as a, a less legitimate band somehow than Van Halen. Yeah, I never understood that. because if you If you look at the musicians in that band, they were arguably a better set of musicians than... I mean, I can't really talk about the drummer. It was Gary, no, Paul something. I can't, Paul Geary or something like that uh, was the drummer. And he's now their manager. Um, I don't know enough about like his skills to comment, but Pat Badger as a bassist um, is excellent. And pair him with Nuno Betancourt and they were just, Fucking phenomenal. I'm a huge Nuno fan, but anyone who knows anything about guitar has got to respect Nuno Betancourt. Yeah, man. He's Gary Sharon had that voice that just went with it perfectly. Now, they were a bit over the top, a bit... I don't mean to make a pun, but they were a bit decadent. Huh. I heard stories. Dave Grohl talked about... Or was it Kurt Cobain? There's a Nirvana interview where the three of them are being interviewed, and one of them talks about how they were on tour with Extreme. And there were like some festival tour or whatever. And um, Extreme, when they got off the plane, they wanted a red carpet and they wanted no photographers. And it was all that. I think Guns N' Roses, it was that Axl Rose attitude. Yeah. Um, And Kurt Cobain, I think it was Kurt Cobain, he was saying it was just bullshit. Like we couldn't even talk to those dudes backstage. They were so false and so their heads were up their asses and that. And it's like, I yeah, I can see that. But at the same time, 
that doesn't mean that that's the case now. And in terms of the musicianship and their ability to work with other people, like, have you seen Nuno play with Rihanna? Uh, I haven't seen it. I, I know it's a thing. I've seen, I've only seen it in video. Like I've not been and seen a show, but he adds something there, man. It's not like he's just standing in the background hitting chords and it's a paid gig. She chose him because she wanted him to do it. Exactly. Why would you get one of the best guitarists on the planet? Exactly. Unless you want a decent guitarist to do something. You, you, any fucking joke can turn up and play the chords on your songs. Exactly. Exactly that. And it's, I don't know, man. I feel like Gary Sharon got a bad rap when he was with, um, when he was with Van Halen. And I, I don't agree. know how that ended. I don't know if the band kind of went on hiatus or if he was fired or if he decided this isn't worth it and he left. But I imagine that it was probably a, <laughs> a, a num a, like one or, or a number of those things. Yeah. But yeah, man, I, th- I feel like he got bad rap. But I would, yeah, back to the point. I would, I would go see Van Halen with Sharon up front. Uh, like the, whoever's singing to me would not be my main concern. I would if, say... If Michael Anthony was back with him and, and the three boys at the back were playing, then I'd be happy watching them I'd either say, way. It's not... I, I, like I say, I wouldn't be concerned which singer I was getting because of the fact that I know whichever singer I'm getting, I'm going to get it's a good show, show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think I'm in the same boat. I, it wouldn't bother me, and I'd see him anyway. But the real deal breaker for me would be if Michael Anthony was there, then I'd definitely be on board. You know, it'd be now I really don't care who's up front. I'm going to see Van Halen, and it doesn't matter who's singing to me. Hey, man. Hey. Uh, fucking decades since Paul Gray died. No fucking way. Yeah. 10th anniversary today. What the fuck? Doesn't seem like five minutes, man. I remember that press then conference you think where Corey Taylor was in tears. And like when, it was shit the bed. And if you think about it as well, like how many? So they've had, is it two or three albums since he's died? Well, the Grey Chapter was the one immediately after. Yeah, and then uh, was he on? Yeah, the Grey Chapter was after all. Is it all hope is lost? Is that what it's called? Oh, hope all hope is gone. gone. So that will be the last one Paul Gray was on. Yeah. And then the Grey Chapter. Yeah, that makes sense. We talked about this a few weeks back. The Grey Chapter was the first one with Jay Weinstein and uh, the new bass player whose name I don't remember. But they weren't named. Yeah. At the time, no one knew who they were. And then since then, they've done We Are Not Your Kind, where the the two dudes have been named. Mm -hmm. So in 10 years, they've only done two records. Yeah. Well, I mean, they haven't. It was a big thing for him to come back to download. And do you know what? Like, because I go to download all the time. Yeah, man. I hadn't even noticed, like, it hadn't even registered that he hadn't been there for a while. Because, I like, bands that I just expect to see there and think that I see pretty much every time, Iron Maiden, Metallica, Slipknot, yeah. um, Saxon. I just, I, the, there's certain bands that I always just assume I've seen that year. Are there any bands where, because you because you go to download so often? Are there any bands that are there so often that you will like look at the lineup and just think, like, I don't need to see that again? Well, let me get some download lineups up, and we can do it. Let's talk at length. Load past lineups. I don't know why I'm looking in Bing. I'm just going to have to re-Google this in a minute. (laughs) 
<laughs> Bing. Fucking Bing. <laughs> fucking Bing. It's just what comes up fucking first and it does my tree in. Is your router set to 2008? Is that, is that why you're using Bing? I guess so. It History Download Festival. Download Festival. Is that on? Yeah, so that's on their site. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah. Right. So. So what, what are we looking so at? So first year. year was two. First year was two days, and that was the first year I went. Funnily enough. Um, Is that the one Iron Maiden and Audio Slave? Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand three. Swan, remember them? Yeah, man, that was Billy Corgan's outfit, yeah. wasn't it? Okay, so now we you can tell we're talking about a long time back because Lester Jake are not only main stage, but they're like third build yeah on the main stage this is time ago yeah so bands that crop up a lot i mean i i'll always see iron maiden missus isn't too fussed for him but i will always see iron maiden um yeah, just because i enjoy him as a show bruce dickinson has still got fucking tons of kick left in him fuck yeah that dude another one who laughs in the face of cancer yeah flint do you remember flint yeah, Keith that was Flint. Keith Flint's uh, punk outfit, wasn't it? Yeah. And I've I only ever heard, like, Jim, two songs. I have a feeling Jim from Pitch Shifter, who was also in um, Prodigy. Yeah, well, he... He was the guitarist for him. Yeah, he recorded all the... Like, any guitar parts you hear on the records, that was Jim from Pitch Shifter. But live uh, was Gizbutt from Janice Stark. Yeah. And um, he is from where I grew up, well, just down the road, he's from Peterborough. And I've seen Janus Stark in rooms no bigger than my kitchen. And they put on a great show. He's a fucking hell of a player. They did a song, if you don't know, do you remember the film Varsity Blues? Yes, I love it. They did a song on that soundtrack. Every little thing counts. Every little thing counts. Do you know um, that is one of my classic, like Sunday afternoon films uh, when I can't think of anything else to put on I, I very often put Varsity Blues on because I fucking love it. Dude, I've just had this week off work and I watched three of my classic all-time favourite movies uh, in two days. I watched Ghostbusters 1 and 2. I'm playing and... Ghostbusters the game at the moment. I fucking I've never it. played it, man. It's, I just yeah, downloaded heard it because really it was good. on often for like a tenner or something like that and I was like you know what, I've not played it and it's remastered for PS4 so... Mm. Uh, and I'm really enjoying it. I wasn't to start with because it was there was too many set piece battles at the start, and it was doing my head in. And then it started opening up, and it started building an actual story. Because I thought, oh, this is going to be like one of those PS3 games where you can tell it's a PS3 game because it well, doesn't yeah. have enough content. There's just a lot of fights in it, but it wasn't, and it isn't. And I'm I'm getting I think to the end of it because I don't think it's that long a game, but it's good. It's good. I've never played it, but I hear, I remember when it came out, and um, it's based on what was the most likely script for the you know if there was a third movie. Yeah, well, it's got all um, the voice actors in as well. It's got yeah, yeah, they're all in it. In even Janine Melnitz, Dan Aykroyd considered it. I don't know if he does anymore, but I remember reading a ways back that he considered it to be canon, like it was the third yeah. Ghostbusters adventure. Well, it's written as such. It has um, like there's. All over the place. There's like little, like there's, um, you know, the Vigo painting. Yeah, man. That's in the um, the fire station where they live. No way, they've got it. <laughs> yeah, and you can go and talk to it. It's got what, like Vigo a little, will talk to you. Yeah, like you know how in the film, like everything's 
uh, static apart from his face starts moving when he talks. Yeah, man. It's like that. Well, that's weird because at the end of Ghostbusters 2, Vigo's not in the painting anymore. Yeah, they zap him. Yeah, and oh, it's just it the four back. of them holding the baby. Yeah, because yeah, he goes into the baby and then he goes back into the painting and then they zap the painting, don't they? Yeah, and his head like in proper like early 90s, late 80s special effects. Like <laughs> yeah, just it doesn't get further away. It just gets smaller. Yes, and then, like and then explodes. The <laughs> <laughs> and then it explodes. Yeah. And... Um, and then it changes, and it's the Ghostbusters holding baby uh, Oscar. Oscar, who was played by two babies, and I think... One of them's dead. One of them, really? Yeah, topped himself in 2017 at the age of 28. Fucking hell. Yeah, sad, sad that, stuff, man. I found that out just the other day. Yeah, the other film I watched, one of my all-time favourites, I watched Kindergarten Cop. Oh, I love that film, yeah, man. In it, fucking class. You hit the kid, I hit you. Fucking incredible film. So, yeah, download. Uh, Linkin Park and Metallica, some 41 Corn, Slipknot, Slayer. Slayer must have been there a hell of a lot. Yeah, I've seen them a few times, yeah. Um, They weren't, I think they were probably only as regular as um, maybe Iron Maiden and Metallica, to be fair. They don't play, it was like they don't play every year and they never really headline very often either. No. Well, Um, what is strange is that Slipknot and Slayer were both sorry man i moved away from the mic then slipknot on slayer were on the same stage following each other like slayer followed by slipknot on the second day of 2004 mm-hmm. with two bands left after them and in 2005 final day same stage same slipknot uh, slayer followed by slipknot but this time they'd moved one band up the bill like it was just system that followed them which seems odd. I would have thought the organisers would mix it up a touch. But then again, I guess Sunday was the heavy day that year. I always, See, this is another thing that I always um, kind of struggle with. So everyone always bitches about the headliners. It's a you know standard thing of any festival probably, but especially Download, I've noticed, where they'll cry and moan about the headliners being mm. headliners that they've had before. And I'm like, I get it. You want to see a different band. Who would you have in? And it's difficult. Yeah, it's it's a it difficult is. one because who's big enough to fill a well, to me, field? I would assume that you, like, if you're organising that festival, your headliners are going to have to be bands that are consistently huge. Yeah. Uh, you've got Iron Maiden, ACDC, um, uh, Slipknot, I guess these days, you know, they're going to be headline every time. Kiss. Yeah. Um, let's looking further down the list. Metallica, obviously, uh, Sabbath. Fair enough. Other than that, you've got to have your bands that are big in that moment, i.e. just put a record out that exploded or just put a record out after a, a long enough gap that their, their return is anticipated. Tool. Yeah. I mean, even the flash in the pan ones, the ones that have a record that's massive at that time, they very rarely get to have a, a headline spot. No, not if it's their first time, I don't think. Uh, like if I it's... Mean, they'll probably get either second or third down the bill because yeah. the headline spot itself is usually a, a really consistent, dependable band. Like you It's know, gotta be. It might not be like um what year are we in there? Uh, so three, four, five, six. Uh, I can't be asked to work it out and I can't be asked to click on the picture. But prodigy headlining, they're they're kind of like, Do you know, me, I was just going to say that. 
2008. Festival headliner to me. Yeah, so Prodigy headlined on day one in 2008. Yeah. But on day two in, uh, no, not 2008, I'm further down the list. Uh, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 12. 11, 12, they headlined stage, the main stage on on the first day. Yeah. Three years earlier, so in 2009, they headlined the second day, but on the second the stage. second stage, yeah. But then but, again, Motley Crue were on the second stage also, which yeah. seems odd to me. You would have thought Motley Crue would have been headlining the main stage. I guess when you've got Faith No More, Slipknot and Def Leppard headlining. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's it's six and two threes. You know, any any one of those bands at some point could have headlined at either one of those stages. It's tough, though. Who are you watching on Friday the 12th of June of 2009? You're watching Faith No More or Motley Crue? Yeah. That's a tough call. Well, or Meshuggah. Meshuggah were on the two-ball stage. It's just 100% down to what your preference is. It's not like if you go to that that concert that day, there's nobody really that's going to be left with, uh, I don't know what I fancy. Everyone's going to have a fairly strong opinion, I think. Like people, people who are hard into Faith No More will probably not be hard into Motley Crue. And yeah, I was just going to say Meshuggah. Yeah, if you're a big uh, Meshuggah man, Motley Crue and Faith No More are probably not going to do it for you. Yeah, so maybe that is a maybe that is a good kind of spread there. But like... That's a the, great lineup actually, looking over that year. Yeah, I would have had a fucking hell of time at that show. The the one where Prodigy's on the, the main stage is a weird uh, lineup there as well, because Chase and Status... Chasing status. Let that's a me... weird. Oh, there we go. That was 2012, weird, wasn't it? A weird choice for a dark Yeah, main artist. stage, like head support. Yeah. When See, Machine Head are there. Machine Head are uh, immediately before I'm not, Chasing Status. I'm not status. 100%, but I have a feeling if... I think that might have been the year um, Machine Head opted to go on the main stage rather than have a better place on a smaller stage. That makes sense because their third build on the first night. Yeah. I think whereas they would have headlined the second stage. I I mean that's what was supposed to be Slash. You've got Slash with Mars Kennedy headlined. Oh no, he'd take precedence over Machine Head, you'd think anyway. Possibly. Maybe he was only second on there, but Either way, I think he wanted. I think the the story was that he wanted to play the main stage, not the second stage, whatever wherever he was playing on it. But yeah, like Prodigy is not really a. I mean, they'll have got a big crowd and a lot of people enjoying them there, but they're not really a download band. They're more of a Leeds Festival kind of yeah. band. Like you could get away with it a lot easier at an old Leeds Festival, like even two thousand. 2002 kind of time Leeds Festival Prodigy would have fit in there really well. Yeah, Chester I see what you're saying. Maybe, you know, maybe they would have, like, coming up to maybe 2005, 2006 before. It's, it does it seem an indie. odd choice, though, looking at what's going on, the other acts going on around it. It, just, it yeah. does seem very oddly placed. Just going back to Machine Head for a second. Machine Head put out the Black in him, which is arguably their biggest record. Like, it was very hotly anticipated, unbelievably well-received. In 2007, Rob Flynn had the metal world in his hand. 
like that's the year he won the Golden God uh, Award at the Metal Hammer Stroke Revolver Awards, which is a big thing, you know, in the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the year that Roadrunner, shall we say, really came back. And bearing in mind that was a record that they put out after they got dropped. Oh, no, sorry, Through the Ashes of Empires, they got dropped. And then um, they they got dropped after Supercharger. Then they came back with Through the Ashes of Empires, which kind of propelled them a bit and showed everyone they were still there. But the Blackening was such a change from what, you know, in style and all sorts. Of, like, he had the world in his hand at that point. And they were main staged that year. But they're still lower build than I would have expected. They were third build on the second day. Fourth build, Linkin Park headlined. They were always going to headline the, yeah. the 2000s for Linkin Park. You know what I mean? If they were at a festival, they were going on last. Yeah, man. Uh, Marilyn Manson, Slayer, Machine Head. I am surprised that Machine Head are below... I mean, I know Slayer, obviously, are an institution, and Marilyn Manson's a big draw. But I am surprised, because, like, they're on a par here with, like, on the first day, Dragon Force held that spot. And given what was going on for them in that year, I would have expected them to be higher. Yeah. No, you're probably right. But, I mean, smarter people than us make these lines, I guess. Again, dude, certainly more experienced this is interesting the following year 2008 the offspring headlined on the second day 2008 i would think that seems an odd choice i mean looking at what's going on on that day maybe not but they they weren't exactly at their peak at that point in the rock community they were already as like a funny year for like rock and metal or something that year because there's these new metal bands and um, like pop punk bands but that wasn't really new metal pop punk era that had kind of already fizzled a bit like Incubus weren't weren't kind of a big band anymore that's what I was thinking I guess they were still I mean they're probably big in rock but a couple of years ago they would have been just a big band The Offspring I would say after Americana began there, and I, I don't want to sound nasty, I dig them. I'm a big fan, more of the early stuff. But after Americana, because that went huge. Conspiracy 1 was massive as well. Yeah, Conspiracy like, 1 was had, pretty um, big, to be fair. That had... Yeah, I can't remember. Vultures. That's a slow song, and it goes like this. That's the one, man. Yeah, that was, I think that's called Vultures. That was a big the original prankster on. That was massive. Yeah, and I think is Want You Bad on that one as well. Yeah. So that yeah, that was a pretty big record. But what year would that have been? That's got to be years before. Yeah, it's got to be years before two thousand eight. Um. Let's Google. I'm pretty sure I saw them on tour for Conspiracy of One. Yeah, I did. And it was long before I went to university. That was 2002 when I went to uni. So I would think like 2000. 2000. Yeah. So 2008 to have them headline. If their their descent had begun by then, I mean, by this point, I guess they were touring, what, Splinter? Maybe even the one after Splinter, whatever that was called. Oh, uh, something beginning with an R, I can't remember. How are they headlining at this point? 
But I guess you've got to, it's like you say, you've got to look at what's going on around them. Incubus weren't huge then. Um, Bullet, they've always been like, I've never really digged Bullet. I think we spoke about this last time. Yeah, I'm not or, huge. Or on a previous one. I don't really dig them. Um, but they are one of those bands that they play on Radio 1 regularly because they're a British metal band. Yeah, um, yeah, and on like Danny P. Carter and stuff like that. Um, I mean, I, I personally, day one, uh, fuck disturbed, but they are huge, <laughs> yeah, man. they are huge, you know what I mean? I, you yeah, can't but, but argue with their place, <laughs> fuck disturbed, but you can't argue with their place Hit on the Rock main stage. Out as well. <laughs> no one's ever said that before. No, but it happened. <laughs> you know he's never done that ever. You know he's he, he's in there he till got the finish. Too high and had to go home. That doesn't surprise me at all. He he seems like one of them dudes that every time I see him, I just want him to take a shower. Yeah. Like he looks at that's what I mean about like trailer park dude. He ain't pulling out of fucking. I was gutted though, nothing. man. I've never seen Kid Rock, and I I, don't I reckon that'd be a decent show. Be. He's he's got good songs. Whether he's like a good performer or not, he's backing band. He'll, he'll fucking yeah, they'll knock the tunes out. Which what's the song called where he sampled "Sad but True"? I really like what he did with that. I hate uh, to say it as a like Talica fanboy. I hate to say it, but I think he did his his take on that. I actually is really it American liked. Badass? Yeah, it might be. It might be um, what it's called. Huh? An American Badass is that the name of the song? Da, 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 da. It, it could well be. I just, I just, I really like what he did with that. But you, I mean, so like I say, yeah. fuck Disturbed, but th- they do deserve a place on the main stage. They're huge. They've sold fuck knows how many records. They're going to draw a big crowd. They're definitely a main stage band. Yeah, for sure. They're followed by Motorhead. Um, and then you got Priest and Kiss. So like personally, I would have tried to book Priest for day two and put them on the headline spot. But I guess that wouldn't work because Motorhead, Priest, Kiss, it's like classic rock night. Yeah. So and, you've kind of got to put them on together. And you know Gene Simmons is not turning up at a festival if he's not headlining. Fuck no. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, when I was, I don't know whether it's maybe because um, it was still light out and stuff, but Judas Priest, I, I love the songs. I would have watched them headlining, but they didn't feel like a headlining band. Whereas Kiss, when I was watching them, it just seemed like it had that kind of like... It's a spectacle, isn't it? Magic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the show alone. Can you imagine watching Kiss outdoor at two in the afternoon? It wouldn't feel right. Nah. Um, you got you got to be at least dusk heading towards evening. <laughs> yeah, man, it's got to be dark so you can really uh, take in all that pyro. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then on the Sunday, Lost Profits headline that year. So that tells you about what tells you about what was happening in uh, in the world. Then it was before. <laughs> it's before we knew. It was Bad before lad. we knew. Um, Get back in your cage, you little shit. What are some interesting? That's ones what he that... was saying to children. Incidentally, oh, without a doubt, I bet he had a child in a cage backstage. Yeah, that night. Uh, some interesting ones that jump out as I look over other years. Uh, Ramstein headlining definitely a good call, I would say, for a headliner oh, yeah, just I, purely for the show. I've seen them headlining twice, I think. Yeah, they they headlined. I noticed them a couple of times. I said I might have already flicked down the list. So what are we on two thousand? So that was uh, two thousand eight. It's only sixteen. They headlined two thousand six. Thirteen. Two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen is the one I'm looking at. Yeah, and that 
that was a fairly standard year. Slipknot, Maiden, Ramstein. Uh, who else was on there? Thirty seconds to Mars. Yeah, I've seen we're them on, a couple of times. I think they oh, were what I would call their second build. I'd call that like I guess it's not in a festival. It doesn't really ring true, but I'd call that like head support. They've headlined um, the smaller stage before as well, and it was yeah. And I, I would think that I actually don't mind them. You know, to tell the truth, I think they're not bad at all as a band. Like just to listen to for it, an actor to do so well in music, I find is rare as fuck. Very rare, but he's got a hell of a voice. Yeah, man. And um, he's he's got a hell of a lot of range musically. I'm going to be that douche that talks about how, well, they were better. The first two albums were the best. But in their it was, case, it's true. Their it's first two albums are far better. Sure. Yeah. Um, and no matter, it's about separating the art from the artist, isn't it? And I mean, no matter what you think of him and how pretentious a dickhead Jared Leto might be, his band are good. Yeah. They can play. And uh, I've I, never seen them live, but I bet, I'm willing to bet that they are capable of doing what you hear on record. They can do a very, very good representation of that live, I think. Um, Bullet for my Valentine again on the first day. They were were second build. Who's that second build before Maiden on the... Oh, Queens of the Stone Age, man. Yeah, what's that? Um, Corn. I'm surprised Corn would build below Bullet for my Valentine. Do you know Queens of the Stone Age? They might be one of those bands where I'm like a bit... When I see them on the bill, yeah, I don't, like, I don't dislike them on record. I quite like listening to them, but when fucking Josh Hom goes off on one of his fucking coke fueled solos, I'm like, fuck me, this has been yeah. going on forever, and he hasn't noticed because he's so fucking high. You know what? That's that makes a lot of sense. Have you ever listened to the Desert Sessions? Uh, possibly at some point. It's basically, him, some dudes from Mondo Generator. Uh, some dudes from Caius, obviously he's ex of Caius, and yeah. some other dudes. They basically just like literally called the Desert Sessions because they just had this fucking shack that they turned into a studio out in the desert, and they lived there for like played some solos. fucked up and just fucking recorded everything for months, and then some sad. Silly, sorry, cunt. Had to edit it down to a record. Oh, bastard! But I tell you now, man, when you listen to it, you can you get high listening to it. Like you know, <laughs> they were fucked up when they wrote that record. And there was no—I say wrote—that's the wrong word. They didn't write fuck all. It's like an hour of improvisation. But you know, when you listen to it, that even that improv is edited down because there must have been days of fucking tape to go through. Yeah, and I bet there was days of a solo going on. I bet there was one day where they were just smashing it out for a day and they were like, Josh, just go to fucking town on it. Just keep fucking playing, man. Oh, without a doubt. For an entire day and a half. And there was like, I don't, I don't know if there's anything good in there. Can you find it if there was? Exactly. And then some sorry, <laughs> I hope he got paid well because he had to go. He had miles of tape to get through. Poor and then he had to turn that into a record. In fact, you know, I've got a feeling that it's actually called the Desert Sessions Part One, but I've never heard Part Two. So I wouldn't be surprised if there is a Part Two, and I'm just not familiar with it. But maybe it's just not come out yet because the guy's still editing it. <laughs> that could be the case. I think the Desert Sessions Part One must be pushing twenty years old. By in fact, do you know what? There's a It'll guy be older just fucking covered in tape in a room, just fucking frying himself <laughs> doing this shit. He shot himself years ago, but no one's thought to check <laughs> in on him. They just assume he's still working. 
Um, okay. Well, Songs for the Deaf came out in what, like 2001? 2002, 2001, I'm going to guess. And I'm pretty sure, I could be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the Desert Sessions was before that. Right. So it's it's not like a recent, it's not even like last decade release. But I'm, and again, I could be wrong. I haven't, I've got it on, on a hard copy somewhere. I'm sure I, I've got it. I remember getting really excited when I bought it, but... And then getting I'm, really upset at yourself. No, then get and then get really high when I listen to it. Yeah. But what taking anything you were I was I wasn't high. smoking. You were getting a contact anything. buzz off of I was, Josh <laughs> I was fully getting contact <laughs> buzz. <laughs> um no, I just I I'm I, and again I could be wrong, but because I haven't listened to it in years, like proper fucking time, but I'm pretty sure that it's called The Desert Sessions Part 1, and I've never heard of a Part 2. But, yeah, going back to what you were saying, man, I can appreciate that they would be a band who I'd be in two minds. It's like, yeah, I'll go and see them if there's no one else on. Yeah. Like, a, like at the same time they were on Jimmy Eat World, we're on on the second stage, and I'm Jimmy. going to see Jimmy man, all day. Uh, but yeah, on the main the main stage. What am I about? On on the first day on the main stage, Corn were on before Bullet for My Valentine and then Slipknot. Yeah, and that that surprises me. I would have thought Corn would have would have uh, been a bigger, like a better choice and a bigger draw and the bigger band than Bullet for My Valentine. I can't think yeah. what were Bullet for My Valentine doing in two thousand thirteen that Corn weren't. Um, what albums did they have out? Uh, if it's not, if it's not Ready Aim Scream or Scream Aim Fire or whatever the fuck that Bullet record's called, I wouldn't know it anyway. Uh, so, but I don't, I don't know what Corn were doing then. But Corn at this point were a twenty-plus year band, so they're going to be they're going to be that draw that twenty so odd year. Corn in October released the Paradigm Shift, which the Path of Totality they released in two thousand eleven. That was the dubstep one. Which was the, terrible. I, I actually really like it, but it's not Ugh. very con. But then when they play it live, it is very con, so mm. it's weird. Yeah, I can appreciate that. It still has all the dubstep, but somehow it fits into a set really well. Um, and I can't remember uh, what songs does this one have on it. Um, Bullet for My Valentine, I wouldn't know if you told me. Uh, it's like I say, I'm not a big fan. I'm not, it's not a band I've really ever paid any attention to, so I, I couldn't comment either way. I've never liked Matt Tuck's voice. No, but... that's been, and lyrically as well, it sounds like a whiny teenager. Yeah, I think he's never escaped that kind of, like, he had that success in his early years, so he seems like, to, like, try and replicate that by writing like, like he's still 17. He can obviously play, but it's not like Matt Heafy where he's got a beast voice as well. Yeah, man. Well, that's what I was going to say. Musically, I think Bullet are actually really good as a band. I think they, they're very, very... Tight, proficient. Uh, very proficient. Yeah, that's a good word for it. But like the the vocal on top to me never seems to work. No, I, I, I couldn't comment on lyrics. I haven't listened to enough of his. <clears throat> pardon me, of his lyrics to to comment. But I'm not so fond of his voice. 2013, they released an album called Temper Temper. Well, I mean, and that just sounds year, like a whiny teenager. It does a bit, doesn't it? It's a bit teenage angsty. Yeah. Um, um, I think I might have heard one tell. or two songs off it, but yeah, I just I don't know. I, they, they've never really 
given me enough to be interested in. Who else jumps out at you over the the next few years? Um, best bands. Uh, I mean, I I'm always happy when Guns and Roses. I know you're not a massive Guns and Roses fan. Um, it's not that I'm a big fan. I would love to see them live. It's not that I'm not a big fan. It's just I don't. Axl get, Rose is a bit of a knob jockey. I, I don't get wet about them. You know, what I, I mean? really and, like them. I always but, get happy when I see that they're headlining. Biffy Clyro is not, I guess, not a surprise for a headliner at Download, but not then in it that isn't. year. What's that? 2017. That's I, I mean, they were it's, huge. From yeah, no, like that's 14 it. to 19. They're, they're a huge rock band but they're not a classic rock band they're not a heavy metal band well who were they they're more of an indie kind of band. i, I don't remember is, where yeah uh, right before them. them um and afi you know they're a, a punk band pierce the veil metal band to be fair they were up against on the second stage they were going up against uh is that on rob stage? zombie yeah, on the Zippo stage they were against rob's only oh yeah rob zombie i was gonna say devon townsend but he was before wasn't he yeah. Because I imagine he has a fucking huge draw. Yeah, man. Rob Zombie, I think I... Oh, did I... I can't remember who I even went to see that year. I think I, I think we went to see Rob Zombie, me and Catherine, and then... We I know, well, yeah, I know you're a fan. Um, But, yeah, like... I'm going to say it again, I prefer early Biffy. Um, I'm such a douche. I'm such a fucking cliche. I don't have a preference with them because they release so like it's different now. Yeah, I, and I find this with a lot of bands because I think some people kind of they'll. I mean, I'm like it with some bands, I guess, but I can't think of any off the top of my head. But like some some people, they'll get into a band, and that moment when they get into that band, that is what they that is the band that they want them to remain till the end of time. But I was never. Uh, I don't that, think I'm like that. Well, I was never that strongly invested in Biffy Clyro. No, I agree. Him. I, went I to agree. See him when they first started out, like in little clubs, um, and I, I did the same, man. I saw Biffy at the Roadmender in Northampton in like fucking oh ninety eight, ninety nine, and they were awesome. Mm. They were really good. They played that song. I want to call it sixty seven or fifty seven or something like that. Down, 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 It was a single when, but it was a single like two and a half, three years later. Yeah. You know, I don't know if they were even signed when I saw Clouds, that album. Well, it'd be the first one, I guess, whatever that was called. Black and Sky, sorry. Black and Sky, that's it. You know the record with, on the front, it's got the people like playing with big like ribbony flag things. That's uh, Only Revolutions. That's the one. That was the last record that I really paid attention to by them. That I... That's got, like, mountains and stuff on it. Yeah, it? and that one, is it B- Bubbles? Yeah. Is that one of theirs? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one, yeah. 27 um, and 57, that's the ones. It's uh, yeah. 57, I think, is the one I'm thinking. It's that one. The one that starts off with that. Yeah, Yeah. Live, fucking kick the dick off you as well. Yeah, that, was, that when that kicks in, man. But do you know? Did I ever tell you when I saw Snow Patrol before um, their big record? I don't know if it was their first record, but it had that um, light up, light up as if you Chasing had cars. a choice. Chasing cars, that's it. 
whatever that record was called that that track was on. I've no idea. I, just I think know that song by them. I think I'm, I probably know some other stuff. If someone played it to me, I'm pretty sure you know it was in Scarborough that I saw them. I put a yeah, tenor played, on it that I saw them in, in Casbah. This is back like when it was the Casbah. There was them and, and like Pigeon Detectives. There's all kinds of yeah, bands I'm, used to play in um, uh, Casbah. Yeah, I, I don't remember the. I remember seeing a poster for the Pigeon Detectives, but I don't remember if I was there. But um, yeah, when I saw Snow Patrol, man, they were heavy as fuck as well. When they played that tune, Chasing Cars, it was faster, it was heavier, it was awesome. And then it came out as a single, and it was, what the fuck is this? They just slowed it down. It was make it commercial, you know, get it radio airplay. And to be fair play to them, they made fucking millions out of it. So yeah. who am I to argue? But they they were really good when I first saw them play. And uh, Amplifier I saw down there as well. And they're, they're still fucking good to this day. I've never seen so many pedals on a stage. Between the guitarist and the bassist, they must have had two, 250 laid out in front of them. And they made an effort to use every one of them as well. It was, it was quite the spectacle to watch if you if you knew what you were looking at, you know. Um, there's nothing else jumps out at me, to be honest, on these lineups. They're all fairly what you'd expect. Yeah, nothing kind of crazy. So back to the question then, Queens of the Stone Age was the one you said, like, are they the only one out of looking through all this that if you were there that week, you'd be like, if there's nothing else on, I'll go and see them? Um, I mean, there's other bands here and there uh, that I'm not really fucked for. Like, um, I mean, if asking Alexandria or... Disturbed you ever on a Bill I'll avoid him. Are you not an AA fan? I am not. I just say I am to be honest. Apparently, their last record that just came out uh, this year is quite different to what I've done before. Um, but it's uh, I haven't heard it. I just heard a review on another. Yeah, I was going to say it's probably going to be a, a a different way of me not listening to their album yeah it's from it they the review didn't make me want to listen to it but they were talking about how it's if you're into old school asking alexandria you probably wouldn't be into it because they've taken this route of like more american radio style all right so they've probably alienated all of their old fans and kept alienating me (laughs) (laughs) exactly so yeah, if you weren't into them in the first place, I can't see any reason that you'd want to be. But they named a few other bands and said, like, if you are into these guys, you'll definitely dig what they've done on this new record. But I cannot remember who they talked about. Is it like Breaking Hello, Benjamin beautiful. and that kind of stuff? I'm fucked if I know. I honestly can't remember. I had it on, right? I was in the wagon. In fact, I've had this week off. It was my last day at work. So, like, just over a week back. And it was the last job on the Friday. Uh, and I'd been in the truck. I'd been out to um, near Grassington, where where we yeah. played before. I'd been out that way, so I was out in the sticks anyway. And maneuvering that truck around some of them little country lanes is just a cunt's job. And then I had to get from there over to Halifax. And the only way to do it inside of like two hours is to go over the mountains, where. Like, I mean, you, you'd struggle to get a push bike down some of these fucking winding lanes, and I'm trying to do it in a truck. So I struggled for just over an hour to get the truck there, and then right as I was about to arrive, I phoned the guy on site. I was going all that way 
in an empty truck just to pick up a ladder. Bear in mind, so I was pissed off already. I was like, why the fuck are they sending me to do this? This is bullshit. I phoned a dude when I was fucking two minutes away from the site. Phone a dude. Hey, mate, it's Dave. Is that ladder ready? Because I'll be there in two minutes, uh, and I don't much want to be stopping and hanging around. He was like, oh, that ladder's not here. I was like, what, what the fuck do you mean it's not here? I've just spent an hour driving over the mountains to fucking come and pick it up. And he says, well, he went back to our yard. I was like, right, fuck's sake, where's the yard? I'll go and get it from there. Well, it's in Bury at Manchester. Oh, fuck oh, this. I just, I just hung up on him. I was like, oh, fuck this. I hung up on him, phone the office. That ladder's not getting picked up. It's in fucking Manchester. Someone else can deal with it next week. I just fucking came home. I'd had enough. But it was that trip over the mountains that I was listening to that review. Yeah. And... um. I think it was on the Metal Hammer podcast. And while they were talking about it, they were kind of really chirpy. But it was at that moment I also realized that they're a lot younger than me. Right. Uh, and that alone made me think, that's why I haven't listened to Asking Alexandria, because these guys are talking about how, you remember when you were 13 and their first record came out? And I'm like, when nope. I was 13, <laughs> I was listening to Soundgarden. I don't give a fuck about this band. No, it? Yeah, man. I don't know. I just... They were, they're a band that people used to talk about when I was going out in York a lot. And I, do, I just, I, I never got into them. There's a lot of bands that seem to get big in, are like popular in York that don't seem to do well anywhere else in the country. It's are weird. they British? Asking Alexandria. I believe so. I don't know. I, I couldn't give a fuck. It's, it's clearly not for me. I haven't heard anything by them that I remember. Not me either. So I can honestly say that there is no reason for me to suddenly look into it now. Hey, Dave. Yeah, man. I'll tell you something I have heard this this week. Yeah, man. We should probably get round to the main focus of this show. Yeah, because, uh, well, we've only been recording for like an hour and a half. So we're doing all right. <laughs> I reckon, to be fair, given our usual runtime, that gives us a good half hour to talk about this now. Yeah, they can probably cut a good half hour of um, flat earth bollocks off the t- start of this podcast. That's true. I'm gonna. That's what I'm going to call this episode. That's I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Wayne <laughs> to call it a good half hour of flat earth bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. That's it. Do you know what the last one was called? Do you remember? Uh... It just came out today. And I thought, has he no, done it? No, I haven't seen it today yet. So, like, I'll just pick a random line that one of us has said that I thought was funny and ask Wayne to call that episode that line. And the there were so the first one was um, "Die Full of Spiders," and then the second one was uh, oh, well, or citizens, yeah, jazz mag on a mattress, yeah. And then the third one, you remember when I couldn't read a clock, and it was yeah. like forty nine to twenty two. Uh, that's that's what that episode should have been called, but Wayne, um, Wayne, he did call it forty nine to twenty two or whatever the numbers were, but in the others he just named it like that. It didn't say Phil and Dave's Excellent Adventure, and then that it just said that title. The last one he called it Phil and Dave's Excellent Adventure twenty two to forty nine, so it makes it sound like a so big compilation, <laughs> a seventeen hour video. So I said to him, do you mind uh, checking it over and in future not adding, because like if you're on that podcast anyway, you know what the show is. Yeah. You know what I mean? So do you mind? So he's like, yeah, what do you want to call the next one? And it suddenly popped in my head that I had said to you, I don't remember what the conversation was, but you said something and I was like, that's it. That's what we're calling the episode. So the one that just came out today is called Shite and Latin. (laughs) 
He hasn't even like put, you know, like if you were putting a profanity and you'd use like an exclamation mark and a star. <laughs> so like he hasn't even done that. It's literally just called shite and Latin. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that made me happy. Good times. <laughs> so today, this is going to be a good half hour of flat earth bollocks. That's what I'm going to call this one. Nailed it. <clears throat> so, Phil, tell everyone what we listened to this week. This week, we have been listening to. The EP Species by Crossfaith, which only came out on Friday, so we've not had a lot of time to listen to it, but it's only 17 minutes long, and I listened to it about 10 just, times. Sorry, Phil, I'm just going to say goodbye to my wife. She just came and sat down for a second. Do you want to say hello, baby? No. <laughs> no, nope. nope, shut the door. <laughs> she just came and sat down next to me and had a cig, and then took a banana and left. Oh, I. Um, yeah, she's watching Dynasty. So, yeah, oh, sorry, carry on. It was... I wouldn't be able to tell you what it's about. Is it a new dynasty or old dynasty? It's the new one. It's basically just posh Americans in big hats. And there's a token gay dude. And I don't know what's happening. I remember the old dynasty. Yeah, was Um, it? Joan Collins was in it, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what Joan Collins is not in. She is not in Bury Your Dead. She ain't. Uh, as she did not record the album Beauty and the Breakdown. Oh, no. Yeah, and as I remember, bonus points for cover your tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you give that a jam? I did because, of it, as you just said, Crossfaith, uh, that EP is called Species, you said, yeah? Yes. I didn't pay attention enough. Um, so that came out at the time of recording, we mentioned earlier, we're recording this on Sunday night, which is the, what, 24th of May? It dropped on the 22nd. Well, on the 22nd, I was busy all day. Yesterday, I was busy through the beginning part of the day. And then last night, I put it on once. It's only 17 minutes, so I got through it once. And then today, when I was training, I listened to it again. Uh, but I felt like I was rushed, and I, I didn't pay attention to like the names of the tracks like I normally would. I'd look into, oh, that one stands out and stuff. So I can talk about it, but I can only pinpoint two tracks that... One that really stood out and one where the intro was fucking brilliant, but then I didn't like what happened after the intro, but the intro properly grabbed me. All right, fire away. So Crossfaith, there's a tune on it called, uh, I think it's called That's None of Your Business. None of your, yeah, yeah. So the intro to that track, that's it, man. The intro to that track is phenomenal. Like, it properly grabbed me as soon as it started. I was like, fuck yes, this is awesome. And then it just did nothing for a while. But then the chorus kicks in, it was awesome again. And I found that that was the problem I had with that EP on the whole. Like, there were standout moments, but every song was so erratic that I couldn't stay grabbed, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I guess Um, it's it's kind of almost like it, it's built for people with short attention spans. Oh, very much. But at the same time, it's almost like in any one song, there was no attention span. It's like they were just doing what they wanted. Yeah. Um, I just so found that crossface thing. None of your business of was... That's the one where it really grabbed me straight off the bat. And it. I found it dipped out. Um... It not dips in all- for the verses because it's kind of like it. It does it on a few of the songs. Like it starts doing that kind of like um, 
low kind of hip hoppy type stuff. Yeah, you see that. I think that's where it lost me because I'm. I've got nothing against hip hop, and I like old school, like late eighties, like gangster rap. We've talked about El Nino. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. They do that kind of thing where there's like, it'll be heavy and then it'll drop down and have like that kind of. The way yeah, that it's Latin really do metal all the time. It, yeah, completely. It's re- I really dig their drummer, uh, Dave something his name is, but they they have a percussionist as well as a drummer, don't they? I don't know. I, I, I couldn't when, tell you that. When I've seen them on videos and stuff, they always have a guy playing bongos and shit. Well, I, I first became familiar with them uh, maybe 2002, 2003. Yeah. Uh, but in 2005, you know the Roadrunner All-Stars record? The the drummer from Il Nino, this Dave dude, he did a lot of the Matt Heafy stuff. Yeah. So on, on the documentary that followed it, there's a lot of uh, video... There's a lot of... Um, him playing, uh, getting to watch him play. And I just, I liked his, like his physical style as, as he was playing and stuff. And uh, yeah, I really got into that, but that, that dynamic shift thing where it's a, a, a change in dynamics is great. A change in style is great and incorporating different styles, but I feel like they can be taken too far and it's just my opinion, but Crossfaith is an example of where they took it to the point where it lost me because it went so far. Yeah, it lost me. I can understand why people would like that, and I think yeah. it's very. It makes them very I mean, original, I, but it I'm didn't do it for it, me. But I can like it's the same as you. I can see why people wouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, so the other song that really like instantly grabbed me on there was Endorphin. It's the second track. I mean, the first one was really good. I yeah. can't remember what the first one's called. Digital Parasite. Yeah, yeah, that one was good. That grabbed me. And it, I think it was a great choice of a first track because it really lets you know what you're in for. Yeah. Um, but the second one, Endorphin, was, if I'm honest, the only one on it that, I could listen to right through without wanting to skip it. Yeah. Do you know, you know that's, what I mean? So they're, they're on UNFD, which is uh, like um, North Lane and stuff. It's on UNFD, Australian label. Oh, okay. Didn't you say these dudes, you said they were Japanese? Yeah. Because they that's one thing that stood out to me is that they did not sound it at all. Like as, ah, as, you didn't think so? No, as Japanese metal goes, like I've, you know, I've heard a whole bunch of other... Japanese bands and and they didn't sound like them, but it may well, just be that they like were baby such. Metal. <laughs> no, they don't. But they no. didn't sound uh, like anyone really. They're very individual. Yeah, I think they they do have a Japanese sound to them. Not just because they like obviously when they start singing in Japanese, but like when there's moments in songs where I'm like. That sounds like it comes out of fucking Final Fantasy Twelve or something like that. Like, yeah, like it, it, I guess I see what you're saying. Of, there's a lot of Japanese bands that have like a video game kind of sound to them. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do just for moments every now and again. I'm like, oh, it's just reminding me where this comes from. There's, um, I dig it. I don't know. I think if there was a Japanese influence that became obvious to me at all, it was in the. It was in the the less metal sections, the more hip hop, yeah. the more electronic sections. Yeah, that's when I would say, Probably. if it stands out at all, it was in those sections. But in in the when they go heavy, they don't sound like Japanese metal. 
No, they sound, that's it. They can do like blast beats and sound as American as everyone else tries to sound. Yeah, without wanting to sound like there's some kind of exclusivity on metal. Where yeah, where where a sound has to come from. Yeah, I mean that's not what I'm saying at all. And obviously that that's that would be a falsehood. It's, that wouldn't be true in any sense. But it also can't be denied that the influences of like British metal sounds different to American metal in a lot of yeah. cases. Maybe not so much these days, but I think even nowadays, I, you know, if somebody plays me two bands next to each other and says, right, one of these bands comes from Britain, one of these bands comes from America tell me which one it's usually yeah. fairly obvious yeah i think yeah i guess that's true thinking about it i think you're right but th- i think with these guys if you hadn't have told me they were from japan i'm not sure i would have picked it out i would have no, probably you wouldn't have necessarily said assumed American. it you're probably right you're probably um, right and i think that that was in many ways i think that that i'm not saying it's like it's a good thing but I, to a degree, I wish you hadn't told me they were Japanese because I feel like I was listening out for it. I expected oh, right. to hear it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and maybe that's why I couldn't pick it out because I was expecting it to be oh, like overtly uh, like a Japanese metal sound to it. In honesty, I, I liked it. I, the only song I, I didn't really... I did really, like it. Yeah, I think the only song that I wasn't as keen on was that one called Your Song, the last song on it. Yeah, I, I found... It out, I thought it was pretty great, but just that one, it was it was a bit softer than the rest of it. It wasn't what I was looking for. For some reason, I had a feeling it was going to be... I guess that title just like gives you Elton John Elton vibes. Elton John, yeah. <laughs> but, um, that, I don't know. It, it's not that I didn't like it. I don't want to come across like I'm dogging it in any way. But I think because it's not a band that I'm particularly familiar with, um, I th- I think it was very different to what I was expecting after spending a week listening to Bury Your Dead. Yeah. And it was so different, I maybe didn't find it so accessible. Now that I know what to expect from them, I think if I went back and listened to some of their other work and I knew what to expect, I could come back to this and probably appreciate it a lot more. Yeah. Uh, but on first listen, bearing in mind, it came out two days ago. So I've kind of forced myself to listen to it right through start to finish mm-hmm. twice. Today being, I think, the third time I listened to it through. <gasps> oh, pardon me. I've just opened another Nelson and it's repeating on me already. But yeah, it's not that I disliked it, but I think I went into it wrong. I pre- do you know this part of me thinks I probably should have listened to some of their old stuff during the week to kind yeah. of like you know you don't go for a run if you aren't stretched out. I That's think quite. I feel like I went into this a little bit unprepared. Um, yeah, I think I think as well there's there's definite parallels between Bury Your Dead and them it's they're not oh yeah not when, similar when it, bands, but like no but when parts. that's it when 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 crossface dropped to a riff and a and a beat down it's very much along the same lines of like uh i struggle to call it hardcore but there's a definite hardcore um feel not even a sound necessarily but like there's a hardcore feel to it yeah like the 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 riffs and the grooves they only last like 
a bar or two. They're all, they're, mm. they're not they don't like. Um, it's not like an eight bar repeating groove. It's just a like a one or two bar repeat. Do you know what I thought was an odd piece of work on it was that track. In fact, thinking about it, because there's so few tracks on it, it's the only one we haven't named. It's the uh, the truth of insanity. Mm. When I first listened to that, I had no fucking idea what was going on, <laughs> and, and when it was like, am I? Is it still the same track? Um, and maybe that's why the intro to None of Your Business stood out so much because of the track before it being because right. they're all erratic and they're all frenetic. Uh, but that one especially seemed like it was a trip, you know. Um, and I think maybe that's why I think why I liked Endorphin so much because I think of all of them, it's probably the most straightforward, right? Yeah. I guess. Um, no. Again, I, I feel like I was unprepared for it, if I'm honest. I probably yeah. well, should have done my research on this. this is, I mean, considering that last week we were listening to Red Card and we both really enjoy Red Card, and that's oh, yeah. by no means straightforward, simple music. You know, no, I, but I'm, I mean, I wasn't, not to the level you were, but I was familiar with them. I knew yeah, I was going to get like exactly. prog metal. That's you it. Know? So, yeah, probably if you'd have had kind of a bit of, maybe a forewarning almost I think as well like I say because I've been off work this week I do most of my listening especially for these purposes where I'm trying to get through full records it's easy for me to do at work when I'm driving yeah. Whereas this week I've been doing it while like I've I've done no end of work in the garden and stuff. I've rebuilt the drive. I've, I've built a gate to go out front and and I've done bits of it with the headphones in. And if it's not that, I've just had to like put the phone down in the background when I'm training. So I've maybe not been concentrating on it as much as I normally would. This week's been a bit of an odd one for me, if I'm honest. And I. I was that unfamiliar with Crossfaith. I think it just took me by surprise. I had no idea what to expect, but I didn't realize I had no idea what to expect until I listened to it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think after listening to Bury Your Dead, I wasn't expecting this to be so frenetic and um, kind of genre skipping to a degree. Yeah, it definitely bridges a lot of stuff. Now, that, like I say, though, I don't want anyone thinking that I didn't like it. It's... I did like it, and I will. If anything, it's made me want to listen to more of their stuff once I know where I'm approaching it from. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I like. Yeah, it was. It was good, man. And it, it'd be. I will be interested to listen to earlier releases they've done and see if they've settled into this groove of being that frenetic and and eclectic in what they do. But it'll. I'll feel like it's going to be interesting listening to their stuff from now on. Uh, whereas the last two days, it was confusing listening okay. to it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's where I stand on that EP. What, what about you coming out from an angle of uh, previous experience? I mean, these, is this a band that you go a ways back with? Like, have you seen them live? I haven't um, seen them live. Um, and they're not especially like a band that's that I listen to a lot. But when, like, if they come on on random on my iPod, um, you're happy about it. Yeah, exactly. It's they're a fun band. I enjoy listening to them, but they're not one that I go out of my way to listen to often. Well, I'll tell you what. Since 
since I am so unfamiliar with them, and we've said before, like I'm, we should never be embarrassed to talk about bands, you know, that we're not familiar with. It's not like we're going to pretend we know everything about the genre or the bands within it. What would you advise me to look at? What's what of their work do you think is worth a look? Um, um, have they changed much over the years? Have they? Because they, according to what I'm looking at now, their first full length release was 2009. So they've got like an 11 year history now. Five records, and that's not including this new EP. So there's a lot of material to get through. Should I want to? What would you? What would your advice be? Well, I don't know. It's it. I wouldn't say it's all the same. A lot of it's 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 all kind of genre tying. So like, there's always kind of like an electronic element to everything they do. The the last album, X Machine, is really good. Um, yeah, X Machina. Just, yeah, just get on that and work your way backwards, if you feel like that. You see, it's interesting. It's interesting you say work backwards. Because my first thought would be to go to the first record, not because like that's the way you should do it, you know, listen to them chronologically. You listen to stuff however you're going to digest it. But um, I would be interested to see if that first record is reflective at all of what I've just heard. You know what I mean? It, I mean, it is in, a, in the respect that, like you say, it's, it's always kind of electronic mixed with metal that's yeah that, that's their niche um but and they the, do seem to be good at it they do yeah, seem to to do it well well the the first album to me sounds more you know that that japanese kind of sound that i said before where it kind of sounds like a video game yeah yeah it kind of sounds like it's more more like that what now or or no, back, back in... in the day Right, like the the synths they use and stuff like that sound like straight out of kind of. Yeah, I don't think uh, there's any better game. way of putting it than you did earlier when you said that Final Fantasy sound. Yeah. That yeah. to me it puts an idea straight in my head of what sounds I'm going to hear. You know. Yeah, well, that the older stuff has got that plastered all over it, and they're all all their albums are kind of like you know a mesh of electronic and metal. Their song titles. Their song titles are interesting. I think how they blend words together, or they'll, or even kind of make up words that fit the the groove, the the aesthetic, if you like. Like there's a record here called Apocalypse, which, as a word, just makes me smile. That's a great word. Yeah. It's. I mean, if you look at the names of the songs on that's a long album, man. If you look yeah. at the titles on this Apocalypse, things like Hounds of the Apocalypse, you know, um, Countdown to Hell, Death Wish, Burning yeah, they all White. Sound like, they sound like a death metal band. Yeah, they, they sound like a, a different kind of band sometimes, but then I don't think that they necessarily approach it in the same way like when they're naming their songs i don't think they're thinking about it the same way like here i guess we're thinking right this this is the kind of band i'm in this is the kind of song i'm writing this is the kind of title it needs 
Whereas there, yeah. I think they're just kind of saying, right, this song is it, it's either about a certain thing, so that's what I'll name it, or it's a heavy song, so we'll call it a heavy title. It doesn't necessarily have a particular genre that it's trying to slip into with the title. Yeah, I know what you mean, but that to me is just another point of what they do that makes them really interesting. Like you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, or at least that's in my very brief experience of them. That's how it comes across. I can't pigeonhole the music. I can't pigeonhole their aesthetic when you look at the album artwork. I can't put into any one specific niche. Like it, you know, th- those titles. It's like upon a burning body would have songs yeah. with those names, and. It, it, but it's not. It's not that at yeah, all. Yeah, but also then on the same album, there's like um, you, you, kind of trivium kind of titles. They've got like yeah, like Eclipse. You've got fucking not alone. Could be a Michael Jackson. Yeah, song. man. Fucking yeah, very one. very interesting band, man. It's it, like I said, if if nothing else, listening to that those what five tracks over the last few days has made me want to listen to more. It's whether or not I like good. that yeah that's yeah there's never like down time there are down moments in songs where you know yeah. it's going to come back and it's not like the kind of the, the the kind of band that it always has you know it'll have people moving when when there's a show yeah that, uh, they'd be a really interesting band to see live I think yeah for sure so what about bury your dead this album I chose specifically because I knew it was one that I liked um i fucking but, loved it yeah man it's a great album i fucking loved it like from the, start to finish you can't stop fucking just that slow fucking head groove it's groovy there. man oh That's man it. It on it. <laughs> oh for days and my my right standout start as well it's like but first track first album, uh, first track on the album is just like it's funny you, you... Finish, it's just awesome it's funny you say that because my standout tracks for this were the first four in that yeah. order. Like the first four tracks, uh, House of Straw, A Glass Slipper, The Poison Apple, and Twelfth Stroke of Midnight. They yeah. they are just like, there is... There is oh, man. Yeah, oh, man. Like, You're grooved is. out after them four. There's no more groove in you, but somehow you find it for the rest of the record, you know? Yeah. Like you say, I, I mean, every song opens with like just sick groove, sick groove, sick groove. It's amazing. Yeah, if there was any down moment on it. Um, well, oh, not my... down, but any moment where I thought it was a touch weaker, like where I lost the groove at all, which I didn't. But like if I was ever in danger of losing the groove, um, Let Down Your Hair was the one that I thought. It's not a moment of weakness, but when, when everything before it's been so strong, yeah. it's it stood out as being. It's groovy got as much to it as the other songs have yeah think. yeah completely i mean it what that i had in my head i found myself there were comparisons to i guess hate breed to a degree um yeah. i tell you what i'll tell you what you know how um like you know i'm i'm a big mad ball fan mm-hmm. this was probably the album that made me groove the most since i listened to infiltrate the system yeah, man, I get that. Like th- this, and it's a very similar production sounds as well. To say this was what th- this was the first big release, was it? No, it was second. Two thousand six. Oh, second. Yeah, first. Yeah. 
Oh no, it wasn't. No, it's was third. They did no, so uh, they, cover they your tracks the, was first, yeah. and then alive. Yeah. They had no, so they had like the first record, and then they did cover your tracks. Had two songs off that first record, and then they had alive, which was which a is a live record, record. Yeah. So this is technically their second full length original record. Yeah. Because the production alone. I tell you what, let's talk about cover your tracks as well, because you said there were like extra credit. Yeah. So I paid a lot of attention to that as well. And if anything stands out as different between these two, I mean, I personally, I think the songs were better on on um, Beauty and the Breakdown. Yeah. Like it grabs you straight away, and there's very, like I said, apart from maybe Let the, Down Your Hair, the, there was very sounds, little let up. I hate the phrase, but it sounds like a more mature album. It sounds like. Like, yeah, they knew what they were doing at this exactly point. Exactly, better structured songs by a band that knows who they are. And yeah, they're, they're not pretending to be anything else. They're not being pretentious. There's no nothing about it that's like it's aggressive, but it's aggressive in the right ways. They know yeah. how to focus it into the song. Cover your tracks. The the one thing that stood out. Well, there were two things that stood out. As I say, the songs weren't as strong. I didn't think, but. The production on Cover Your Tracks. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. But the production on Cover Your Tracks, I I can't... I honestly can't decide if I preferred it or not. Like, it's so different. It's so raw and underproduced and clearly, like, on a budget or uh, done as, like, single takes almost, you know. But I can't decide if I preferred it. it's like the drummer didn't seem like he was playing to a click. Oh, okay. yeah, 100%. And what even in the, like did, did you notice that the kick sound on Cover Your Tracks sounds like what Do you know what do you know what I thought of actually? I'm just going to say I didn't want to say it cuz no one's ever heard of it. It's only you and me that know, but the first band we were in together, Seraphim. Mm-hmm. The drums on Cover Your Tracks sounds like the way Blair made the the drums sound on that Seraphim. Right. Uh, yeah. thing that he did like oh, what's, inexperienced production possibly but like, it's like not in a bad way like I, I really like it I don't know yeah. if that gets across what I mean there's no decay on it for a start but the attack itself is very dull like yeah. it's full of power it's not lacking in volume it's just like a dull thud. It's yeah. Whereas on uh, Beauty and the Breakdown, it was it's got that click in it still, and it's that full fucking metal kit. Yeah. And I, but I honestly couldn't tell you which I prefer. Like it's not about what's better. What does that mean? But you you can have an opinion on which one you prefer, and I honestly can't fucking decide which drum sound I prefer, and they're so fucking different. Um, I don't know. I think I prefer. I think I prefer everything about Beauty in the Breakdown. As a record, it's a better piece of work. Yeah, like the songs are better. That probably flavors what my opinion of the drum sound is, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I'm being very specific talking about a kick sound. You know what I mean? But it did stand out to me. If they moved the production across from one album to the other would it sound as good yeah okay if you're looking at it in that respect beauty and breakdown is definitely the stronger album because if it was underproduced the way cover your tracks is it would still have the better songs 
Yeah. Um, like, but... every, uh, from start to finish as well, the, like, the last song on it is a banger. The first song on it is a banger. And every song yeah. in between, there's not filler. Yeah, like I say, Beauty and the Breakdown, it had that one moment that still a strong track, but it's surrounded by absolute fucking jawbreakers. So yeah. it's it's not skipping anything on it. Fuck no. No, I I didn't skip anything on that record once all week when I listened to it. Every time I put it on, it was played through until for some reason I had to stop. And then when I next put it on, I would just pick up from that moment. I wouldn't even go back to the beginning of the track. I'd just pick it up from exactly where I left off. And it never seemed to lose its appeal, uh, even in those Because sometimes, you know, it, I don't know if you're the same, but certainly I will. If I get home and I'm halfway through a track, the next day when I start that up again, I'll at the very least, I'll skip back to the beginning of that track. Yeah. So I'm getting that song in its, in its full context. With this... Nah, I didn't need to. The minute you press play, you just fucking your head's going. Yeah. And it, I, just, I thought it was fucking great. I really enjoyed it. And I actually went a little bit further with these. Where, whereas with Crossfaith, I wish I'd listened to more. Um, I actually also you listened to... You wish you'd to, listened to less. <laughs> <laughs> I actually listened to... Um, uh, you had me at Hello as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, 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 not You had me at Hello. Uh, so that, it, nothing nothing personal. Record. Yeah. No, it was uh, um, nothing personal. I went for the one. So it's nothing personal. Is that the first one with the the new singer? Oh, the the is now the old singer because the old singer's back now. Who was originally the second singer? It's very confusing. Oh, that is confusing. So, like, so they had an original singer. He left before the second album. Then that guy was with them for two or three albums. Then this album, nothing personal. I think is when uh, the newer singer I think that's the newer singer so um, they'd be two different singers Beauty and a Breakdown and it's nothing personal I think so let me just check because I might be Cause you know, kidding myself you know what I did was I wanted to listen to the next one after it but somehow skipped a record because they did they did the self-titled Bury Your Dead record two years yeah. after Beauty and a Breakdown somehow I skipped that and went to it's nothing personal Right, so um, band members timeline. Um, vocals, where are we? What color is the lead vocals red? So, Mike Nunes, that was 2004, 2003, 2004. Matt Brusso, yeah. So, Matt Brusso is the guy who's on Beauty in the Breakdown, Beauty in the Breakdown, and then. 2007 he lost uh, yeah so 2009 that would have been nothing personal that's um mike terry he's the big black dude and then matt brusso came back in 2011 so he would be on uh on mosh and roll, and roll. Yeah. yeah i didn't listen to that one actually but this see, this is a band that I'd like to listen to it all, but I don't feel like with Crossfaith, I feel like I kind of have to. It's like it's research. I'm going to go back because I'm really interested. I just want to see. Even it's not that I don't enjoy it, but the enjoyment is secondary. Secondary to my need to understand the band, I yeah. need to go back and listen to it just so I have a better grasp of who they are and what they do. To be fair, I think I've I've liked more or less everything Crossfaith have done. 
to a, a degree where I could happily listen to it. Um, and Bury Your Dead, this, I mean, you admit, hello, it's not as well produced. So it's, well, that's the first one, right? Yeah, I say not as well produced, but it's still really listenable. It's all really. I listenable. didn't listen to that either. The reason I dropped that in thinking that was the one is because as you look at it on Spotify, for some reason the albums aren't in order. So I know I skipped one after Beauty and the Breakdown, which is the self-titled, and then yeah. on Spotify it lists you had me at Hello as after that. But I noticed it's two thousand one. Yeah. Uh, and I know the one I listened to was like a modern production, uh, so it had to have been. It's nothing personal. Yeah. No, they're all really listenable. It's it's more lo-fi production but it's still really good they're all really good there's nothing there that i've listened to a hundred times this is what i'm saying man with crossface i feel like i've got to understand what that band is about so i need to listen to more and it's going to be like research it's going to be like i'm some kind of metal scholar and i'm looking at this odd artifact of japanese metal yeah. whereas with uh bury your dead they it's will already be a hundred percent. It's going to be a band that I'll revisit a lot, and it'll be fun listening to different records. Yeah, man. You know, I, th- I they've earned a fan in me. Well, this I'm glad. Week. I'm glad I put that on you then. Yeah, man. Hundred. To be fair, man, you should be chuffed with Crossfaith as well, because if nothing else, I find them so they're, they're fascinating as a band. Can you imagine writing that stuff and trying to put I that can't. together? It's fucking know, that's fucking insane. I can't. I can't like get my head around like if it's not where i'm at at that moment in time i can't for the life of me figure out how people do anything that the like any kind of music that's like even stuff that's not particularly like crazy crazy it just does the same thing all the time like like um, like bury your dead yes you could listen to bury your dead and get super into it and then go two weeks without listening to it, pick up a guitar and think, I'm going to write a Bury Your Dead riff and not quite get it right because you yeah. haven't been listening to it. But at the same time, you're going to have far better chances of doing that than going two weeks without listening to Crossfaith and trying to write like that. Because yeah. you could go five minutes without listening to Crossfaith and still not be able to write what they're doing. Yeah, like that's it. It's the questions that you'd have to ask yourself is why you're doing things because they they know why they're doing things. They're yeah, they they that's must. How they're right. <laughs> they understand what their aesthetic is, and they understand how to cross genres, and they understand why they're crossing genres and where the right time to do it is. Whereas to you and me, that would just be well, I've got three hip hop beats written, and I've got three riffs written. Let's randomly throw them into that's a mixer. It. I'm into like a song in a cohesive manner that made sense and. Kind of worked. It still probably wouldn't really work. No, it would because I think it would sound uh, random. Whereas when they do it, as eclectic as it is, it's not random. You can tell no. it's very intentional. Yeah, well, they've so, probably got like a formula that they kind of, I mean, probably subconsciously, but they'll, they'll probably follow that formula, you know, the same way like we were saying the other week about. Um, oh, like Green the first Day, chorus first. Like, yeah. Exactly. Like, it's probably very similar what they do in their heads. It's just, you know, their thing, is, and they've got it to a place where it, it sits comfortably and works well. It's really interesting music. Uh, even, I think if you're not into hip-hop and you're not into metal, it would still, but if you, but like if you're in any way a musician or, oh. or like a, a musicologist, I just think that would be very interesting to look at. 
and study. You know when you've got a band in your head all of a sudden? Uh, Mm. I want to tell you about it, um, but I can't remember the name. of. Is it another Japanese band? No, she's not Japanese. It's weird. It's like kind of metal. I want to okay. say, she, oh, that's it, Poppy. Have you ever heard her? No, man. Not literally, never. So this is something that you, uh, I'm, I'm willing to bet you, this. you may not enjoy it, but it's something different. She looks, <laughs> she looks like if Taylor Swift made a black rec, a black metal record. Yeah, mm, I'm gonna. Follow I can't. It. Without listening to it, I can't describe it to you. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a listen to this. We'll talk about this next week, just as like an aside. But I'm gonna, yeah, from, I'm gonna take like a from one song to another song as well, and within the same song, you don't know really what kind of band you're listening to. I like the sound of that. It's very confusing. I can't and is say it, if I like it or not. Is it one like she's poppy? I guess she's the she's the artwork for everything. Yeah. I don't. I I couldn't tell you much more about the band, honestly. Whether it's like a band or whether it's her, like producing a lot of electronic music. And, you know. Some of the names on here are very cool. Play destroy blood money. I disagree. And then you've got girls in bikinis. Am I a girl? Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. I I can't. I can't honestly. I I don't know how to explain it to you. You'll have to have a listen and tell me what you think. I'll do that, man. Yeah, as just if nothing else, just as an aside for next week. Yeah, man. What but, have you been listening to that isn't CrossFit and uh, very because, dead be, this week? Because I haven't been at work not much. If I'm honest, I like I say, it, most of my music consumption is done while I'm driving. I haven't really done much driving. I've been working at home all yeah. week. Um, not like working from home because of COVID. I've just had I've had a week off, and I've been slogging it out, getting a garden sorted for summer i've cut down fucking no end of trees <laughs> that massive you wouldn't believe you remember that dog kennel ad in the corner yeah man i demolished that it was built like a fucking tank it looked like it was i'm not kidding man i thought i'll take a lump hammer to it and smash a granny off it that did nothing like the hammer bounced off it so <laughs> i i had to literally like where there were screws unscrew it but you wouldn't believe it man there were eight four inch bolts holding it together it wasn't made to be coming down any time. Was it? Fuck. It took me a day nearly to take <laughs> it apart. Um, but I, I sorted all that. But like I say, because I haven't been driving, I haven't been listening to as much. Um, the one time I put music on that wasn't Bury Your Dead or Crossfaith, um, I put on a Rod Stewart record. All right. Uh, yeah. Which one? And, a new I, one or an old one? No, it was one of the American Songbook oh, um, records. I can't stand it. Uh, I honest, this is the thing, right? Um, you know, the first cut is the deepest. Yeah. Right. So that I was watching a YouTube video and that was on in the background and it had earwormed me and I was like, just bite the bullet and listen to it, or you'll be humming it for the next week for no reason. So I put, I found which American Songbook it was on. I think it was an American songbook record, but I, I found what record it was on anyway, and I just put that song on. But then I let it play afterwards, and I wasn't really paying attention to what was happening. It was just on in the background. But that is, I think, the only time I've put any music on that wasn't 
bury your dead or cross faith. So it's been a very kind of dry week musically for me. What about you? What, what's what's been fucking floating your melodic um, boat? Well, I got sick of listening to stuff I was listening to, but not because I was sick of the sound. So I've been listening to like Static X for quite a while, on and off. Yeah, man. Um, and I just wanted something that was like new Static X, but not Static X. So I thought, well, I'll start listening to Dope then, because obviously they're talking yeah. similar enough. Yeah, you um, know, the Dope drummer was in, I don't remember where I saw it. It'd be on some metal site I was looking at this week. The Dope drummer said, uh, confirmed that the, that the Static X tour is going to continue after the COVID thing or something, something like that. I can't remember. I didn't, it was, I just saw a headline. They're a good party band, man. I, that was the first. So when I started drinking last September mm. um, and I came back to Britain after that, because um, that was in Chicago, um, the first band that I saw back in England was um, Static X headlining in Dope. Yeah, and Dope, Dope supporting, weren't they? Yeah. Um, and I was pretty fucked up, but man, that was a good time. <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine that that would be a band that you'd party to, you know? Yeah, man, I, I, man, those I was sore from headbanging so much. It was such a good time. <laughs> I, I love that. I love time. that post-gig neck ache, man. Yeah. It's like, been a long I time. Might, I might be me. a cripple, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> yeah, man, when you get Giga Mortis. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> I feel like it's been a long time for me. Like, I don't get out and see bands very often anymore. Um but it kind of makes it more special when I do. I don't remember the last time I went to a really good metal show. Like, don't get me wrong. We went to see Leopard, uh, and that was one of the best, like, arena shows I've ever been at. It was a full spectacle, and it was just, like, from the moment you walked in, cheap tricker playing, so you're smiling, and yeah. then fucking Leopard come on, and you're singing along with every word of every song, and you leave and you're smiling, and it was, oh, it was such a good show. But I don't remember the last time I was in one of those dingy little fucking sweat pits in some shit old basement club listening to fucking, you know, fit for an autopsy in, fr- in front of 500 people. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I was at a show like that. No. And, and there were so many due this month as well, man. After the burial, fit for an autopsy, um, misery index. No, not misery index. Uh, fuck. Oh shit! Who was it? It was uh, they were on tour with um, Fit for an Autopsy. Because Effects were playing, and they were all coming to Leeds as well. There were mm-hmm. loads of them. There were like five bands coming to Leeds, and I uh, across two, maybe three shows, and they were like twenty, twenty-five quid a ticket. So you could easily have done all three shows in that month. Leeds does seem to get a decent pull for metal bands as well, like underground yeah, metal bands. Oh yeah, because they all they all go to the key club, and the key yeah. club is like the size of my toilet. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's I'm, honestly my garage is bigger than the key club. I think. Yeah, and you do well if you don't lose your shoe to the floor. <laughs> yeah, man, it's a proper sticky vomit covered shithole. But you you want to see a band like um, fuck. You, you, we. I talked about them a lot. I, who did I tell you I was listening to loads last week? Um, um, they just kept coming up. It oh, was. It wasn't that Australian band, was it? Um, fucking. 
Uh, my brain's gone to shit now. We've right, been talking so for fucking two you know, hours. <laughs> you know the bands I told you that at first? I was like, I wasn't right into it. It was Misery yeah, and I know, I know, and I, the other one. Yeah. And I can't fucking remember who it was. I keep, I want to say Out the Gates, but I know it wasn't. Oh, no, and it does have an A in it, doesn't it? Fuck. Not after the burial. No, I, I was going to say after the burial as well. They were playing too, as it goes. When I put on uh, Fit for an Autopsy radio, they're always listed in there. I'm going to I'm gonna look through Fit for an Autopsy radio, and they'll be there. Thy Art is Murder. Thy Art is Murder, yeah. that's the ones. They were playing as well, and they were fucking, I would kill to see that now in a dingy little shithole basement. I'd, I'd love it. It's been so long. And the tickets were so fucking cheap too. Man, that would have been good. But but yeah, I haven't yeah, I haven't listened to an awful lot fucking Rod Stewart. <laughs> um why not? I did you know what I like Rod Stewart. I'm not massively bothered about the American songbook songs, but I like I like the um like the faces stuff and Oh yeah, back like before he was Rod Stewart the superstar, you know, they I've got nothing against his music. I've got nothing against his voice or him as a person or anything like that. It just doesn't do anything for me. I'm not particularly um, fussed for stuff like, you know, around the do you think I'm sexy era. Yeah, the 80s. Because uh, the Bee Gees made disco cool again in the late yeah. 70s and the early 80s. Nerf cool. Wind and Fire were still doing it. Cool. They made it popular again. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, Rod Stewart gave it a crap. Have Flair's ever been cool? No, no, I tell you what, they were always cooler than bell bottoms, though. What kind of a gimp wears fucking bell bottoms? That a was sailor weird. in the sixties. I can't trust a sailor, man. Can't trust Navy. anyone wearing in the navy. You can sail the seven seas. I tell you what, man. Village village people songs are really good fun to sing. They're so catchy. Man. <laughs> yeah, they're so dangerously catchy. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous because if you do it in public, you will get the shit kicked out. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I think we did a thing. Yeah, I enjoyed like the a, thing we did. A two and a half hour thing this week. Yeah, I don't think Wayne wants to chop some off. Well, I'm going to send him that edit note where I went for a piss. But to be honest, the only thing worth cutting would be the half hour of flat earth bollocks. Yeah, but then how could we call it half hour flat earth? Well, that'll just make it fucking crazy, wouldn't it? We'll just do it anyway. I'll tell him, I'll just tell him to leave it in. I don't don't give a fuck how long these things run, to be honest. I listen to some podcasts that are like four hours long. That's it. He's the only one that's ever commented on how long these things are. know what if somebody listens to or if the more people that listen to our podcast start to finish that's more hours so it's more time yeah man makes the whole thing better doesn't it the, the, i think so yeah so and what else have you got to do you're stuck in your house exactly no one's gonna do a fuck all at the moment so um next week before i do the sign off stuff uh next week mm-hmm. I'm in two minds, and I kind of want you to make the final decision. I'm in two minds, right? These these are both going back a little bit. I want to do something, because we always say we're rock and metal. Mm. I want to do something less metal. All right. I'm done with that. So I was thinking live through this versus either Nobody's Daughter or America's Sweetheart, which is whole 
lived through this and nobody's daughter and nobody's uh, America's sweetheart was Courtney Love's last solo record, which was pretty highly reviewed. Actually, it was pretty well received. Uh, so I either want to compare them or I was thinking super unknown compared with King Animal because um, Chris Cornell's uh, anniversary is probably the wrong word. It's three years this week just gone since he passed away. And that made me think maybe King Animal would be a good one to look at, which was Soundgarden's last record when they reformed. Now, none of them are new, new. Like, Live Through This and Super Unknown are both like 93, 94, something like that. Um, Nobody's Daughter, I think, is 2011, 2012. I think America's Sweetheart is about 2015. Right. Uh, And King Animal, I think, well, if he died in 17, King Animal will probably be 16. 15 or 16 so none of them are like this year's releases um i'm happy either way i i will happily listen to any of those albums yeah that's the thing man i honestly can't decide so maybe i'll i'll sleep on it and and i'll just kind of let you know in the you know over the next day or two yeah uh, but I think that's. I'd like to go down the rock route. I think because we've we've done a lot of metal in these last three or four weeks. We have. Uh, so I'd like to look at something a little less heavy, just a, a just a bit of a sidestep into rock rather than, you know, all metal all the time. Uh, so it's probably it's going to be either Hole or Soundgarden. I think, but I. I'll I'll decide in the next day or two, and I'll, I'll let you know, and then we'll reconvene, I guess, next Saturday or Sunday, and we'll we'll do this again just for fucking shits and gigs, you know. Cool, man. Shits and gigs. So you've been listening to Phil and Dave's excellent adventure, where we attempt to talk all things rock and metal and a load of flat earth bullshit. Too fucking right. Too fucking right. You fucking know. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, as we hope you do, we hope you have fun with us, uh, maybe you should find us on Facebook at Phil and Dave EA, or you can just search heavy in all caps. Uh, Like it, follow it, subscribe it, talk to us, join the conversation, uh, private messages, show us dick pics, um, ask us questions, do all that stuff. At the top of that page, you will find a post pinned to the top with all our links for contact. Uh, and that includes such fun as Twitter. We are and underscore excellent. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Biteback Media. Just search Biteback Media on YouTube and you'll find us on there. There isn't an awful lot going on on that at the moment because we can't get to the studio to record. But uh, we have plans for that. We also have plans after today for a new... Uh, I don't know if it'd be a new podcast or just a challenge we do like among our other games on YouTube, but keep keep those eyes peeled. That should be fun. Uh, if you would like to show some support in a monetary sense, which I don't want to ask you to do, but it would be it would help greatly. Um, Patreon, Biteback Media. Find us on there. You can email us at philanddaveea at gmail.com. Uh, and if you're already listening to this, I guess you've already found us on one 
podcast platform or another, but we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Mixcloud, we're on, I think we're on Bandcamp, we're on the, the Google one, Phil's on Meth. Um, just just all that good stuff, really. But you, whatever you do, leave us uh, a comment, get in touch, because it'd be lovely to be able to read some stuff out. In fact, we did have one this week, Graham. Uh, Graham Classen, who is uh, an old friend, got in touch on Facebook and said that he thinks he's conquered the coronavirus gig situation where we can distance. Oh, I saw this. Yeah, basically, he said if you turn up to a gig with one or two other people that you're allowed to be around and stay in your pod, everyone has to bring their own ale and a pint glass. That way you can drink out of the pint pot and you've brought a toilet, so you never have to move from that spot. Ingenious. Which I thought was, it might be the way forward, because as I said earlier, the 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 crime scene looking gigs that they're putting on in America are not inviting. Bollocks! So, yeah, that's us. That's all our contact. Leave us a like, subscribe, follow, uh, leave a review. You won't believe how much it all helps. It really is uh, in... Well, it's in our interest. It won't do fuck all for you, but we'd appreciate it. And if you want to send us a dick pic or tell us how crap we are, we'll still read it out and publish a dick pic on Facebook. So, and to be honest, I'm going to start just going through random people's profiles that I've never met, taking their names. I'm going to, I'm going to, find dick pics online and assign them to random people on Facebook and then publish them on our page saying that that person sent it to us. <laughs> Seems like a good idea. You know what I mean? What can go wrong? But then again, it is one in the morning and I've got an amount of Stella in me. So I, yeah, you may read I, I might, <laughs> might not be talking sense, but you know, fuck it. It's Memorial Day. I think. Thank God. Thank God. It is what Memorial they, Day. What is it that they're remembering on Memorial Day? What are they memori- memorializing? I don't is that know. a word? Google it. What's what Memorial, is Memorial Day? Day? Is Memorial Day. That might be a, a new title for instead of a half hour of flat earth bollocks, it might just be what is Memorial Day? But then it sounds educational. They might play as in a school. Observed on the last Monday in May that is meant to honour and remember those who died in the military while serving their country. Oh, okay. So it's like uh, our Remembrance Sunday. It is just like that on a different day. Oh, well. To all our fallen brothers, I salute you. And uh, to their families, you know, have yourselves a good Memorial Day. Remember the good times. Remember the good times. Listen to metal. Listen to this podcast again next week. And, You'll uh, still be listening to it next week from this week, probably. Oh, shit, that's a good point. it's like listen, two and a half hours long. Yeah, listen listen to that and all the others and just stop going to work or eating. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing anymore, Phil. I, no, I, yeah, I, I, I figured that a while ago, you know. <laughs> I feel I'm like, like I held it together. Where he's going with this, but... I feel like I held it together for two and a half hours, and now I've I've just, my body just realised, dude, you're you, not slurring. You That's pretty good. Yeah, but you know, it's not my first rodeo. I'm used <laughs> to this. <laughs> mm. Well, enjoy the. But rodeo. it's so good when it when it touches your lips. 
just the tip just for a second just to see how it feels <laughs> i'm being frank the tank <laughs> right fuck this we, this will literally go on all night if we don't call it a day right now phil i expect you to pull out and leave me disappointed in t minus three two one keep it ever everyone laters peace out ginger <laughs>